This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. It is finally August the 22nd of 2022, and my trial is supposed to start today, except that there is an emergency motion for continuance on the table. So we got up that morning and were dressed and prepared to go to court prepared for trial, not knowing if we were going to actually have trial, but we needed to be there nonetheless. And throughout that preparation, you know, as a human, you think about what should I wear and that sort of a thing. And so I am actually wearing in this video, in this podcast video, what I wore that day. I wore a black shirt and a charcoal gray jacket. And one other thing that I wanted to kind of bring attention to is My mom had given me a little lapel pin to wear for the trial, and this little pin is symbolic of the armor of God. And so it is an icon of a soldier who is wearing the armor of God. And the packaging that accompanied this pin gave the verse Ephesians 6, 12 through 13, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And then it describes the various pieces of the armor of God. And I just wanted to share that because that was just kind of comforting to me because this was a scary situation. And although I had been in a prior lawsuit, we went to mediation. I had never been on a witness stand. I had never been in a courtroom like that. And so it can be a little bit intimidating. Also, this is something that we had been waiting for forever, forever. And our prayer was that it was going to happen that day. And if it would not have happened that day, frustrating is the least of the words that I could use to describe that. And so we had a lot of faith going into that, but our primary concern was, please, Lord, just let this happen today. This has gone on long enough. And so that pen kind of helped me throughout the trial and knowing that it was close to me gave me some strength and hope. When we got there, right outside the courtroom, there were two conference rooms, one kind of on either side of the doors of the courtroom. And Ours was to the right. And so we went in there and Elizabeth and Sarah were with us for just a short time until they went in to see the judge because for the hearing on the motion for continuance, it really was just going to be attorneys, or at least they advised me just to kind of hang tight. And I'm not sure if the defendant was in the room 
for that hearing or not. But my husband, my mom, my daughter, and my mom's best friend accompanied me to court. And so we were waiting in that room to find out, are we going to trial today or not? And that waiting was a little excruciating. And I think I've talked about this before, but one of my coping mechanisms is humor. And so we were trying to make light of the situation and joke around just to kind of pass the time. But we had no idea what was going on in the room next to us. I did also notice before walking into my conference room that there was a witness there for the defendant. She was there with her husband. This was the witness that I worked with. I had gone to her the day that I resigned and said, I'm leaving. And if you happen to hear any nonsense about me after I'm gone, please just use your own brain and decide for yourself whether or not you think any of that might be true because there had been a history of the defendant kind of creating some drama and talking poorly about employees that had left. And so she was there along with her husband and they were in the lobby. I believe I made eye contact with her briefly and then I just walked into my conference room. Around 9.30 a.m., Elizabeth came in the room and said, get up, we're going. And I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean we're going? And she goes, no, we're, we're doing trial right now. We're going. There is no continuance. And I was kind of in disbelief because Todd had told me, because I asked him, what's the likelihood that this is going to be continued? And he said, it's probably going to be continued, but probably not for that long. And I said, well, what do you mean not that long? How long is not that long? And he said, probably 30, maybe 60 days, 90 at the most. And so I had kind of resolved that it's probably going to be continued for 30 days. So just be ready. So when she came in and said, we're going, I was like, right now? <laughs> what? You know, and I was excited, but also the nerves start to kick in because I'm like, oh, okay, well, here we go. This is what we wanted. So we're doing it. When we walked in, the judge was at the back of the courtroom from the door that I walked into. So he was presiding over everything. And to my immediate left was, I think, what's called the gallery. And it was a series of seats and benches. And then directly past that gallery were two kind of sets of tables for each of the parties. And the defendant and her attorneys were seated at the table on the left. And myself and my attorneys were seated at the tables on the right. They did allow my husband to come in and sit with us at our tables. There were two tables per side, kind of one in the front and one in the back. And my husband sat directly behind me, kind of at that other table. And directly to our right was the jury box. And then directly in front of us was the court reporter. And then past that was the witness stand. So we go in, we start talking to the judge and he is explaining that we are about to go through the jury selection process. And again, I had never been through this. I didn't really know how it would go. So I mostly just listened. They handed each of us a large packet of the prospective jurors with some information about them. And Sarah gave me a pen and said, take some notes on what you think about these jurors. And I'm an analyst by trade. When I was in business, I did a ton of analysis. And I just really wasn't sure what am I supposed to be analyzing? What opinions and, and conclusions am I supposed to be making about these jurors? I don't really know. But I just started kind of making some notes and some observations. And then they brought the jurors in. 
And each side was able to kind of ask a series of questions to the jurors. And it was more like a town hall where they were just able to answer that no one had to raise their hand. There wasn't really questions posed to individual jurors. It was just kind of in general, here are these questions and speak up if you have something to say about this. During this process, and I already am a little bit mortified at my pronunciation in the prior episode because I sound extremely Texan, but the process is called Vor Dyer. And during that process, you can ask these questions to the jury or prospective jurors, but you cannot tell them the details of the case. You have to speak very broadly. Initially, one of the first questions that was posed to these prospective jurors was if they had heard of the defendant or her business. And there was actually one woman who raised her hand and said, yes, I have heard of that company before. And so instantaneously, she is going to be excused from jury duty because that would be considered a conflict of interest in this case. And the other questions that my attorneys asked were along the lines of, could you award damages for defamation, social media posts, those kinds of things? And I'll tell you, for the first time since this process started, I was worried that I was going to lose because of the responses of these prospective jurors to those questions, because you could tell in their mind, this was Facebook drama and this was stupid. And why were they taking time out of their day to come be a jury for Facebook drama? And there were actually some pretty vocal prospective jurors who said things to that nature. Once the questions proposed to the prospective jurors were completed, the prospective jurors were excused from the room, and then each side was given the opportunity to strike six jurors. So there were 36 in total to begin with. 12 of them, we kind of all agreed, or there was a valid reason why they needed to be excused. Either they were the primary caretaker for a child. There was one woman who was very pregnant and might have gone into labor during the trial. And so she was excused. So there were 12 that were kind of agreed upon excused, which left us with 24. And then each side got to strike six jurors, which would leave us with 12. And so once we had the opportunity to ask these questions of them, and I say we, it was just the attorneys. I did not participate in any sort of question asking. I was just there to listen and observe. We were able to strike six. And so one example of why we might be striking a juror is they had an opinion and said, absolutely not, under no circumstances will I be awarding any sort of damages for a social media post. This is stupid. And so in those instances, those were obviously jurors that we were like, yeah, they they have a prior bias. And so that's why each side is kind of given the option to strike six jurors. And for instance, on the other side, if there had been a juror that was particularly sensitive to that, and I believe there was one woman who was very vocal that she had had an experience maybe with a family member that had been defamed online. And so she had a very strong opinion that would really kind of go in my favor. So that was an example of one of the jurors that the defendant, her attorneys may have stricken. And so with each side getting six strikes, that together is 12. So we were left with 24, then we each struck six. And so that left us with 12 jurors. Of the 12 that were left, four were men and eight were women. And this was interesting. Through this process, choosing men or the possibility that there would be men on this jury was 
a little bit unnerving only because men tend to not have the experience with social media that women do. And so it caused a little bit of concern, but not really because I was confident that once these jurors saw the facts of the case, that they would rule in my favor. But those are kind of some of the things behind the scenes that I hadn't really thought about until that moment. But we did end up with four men and eight women for our 12 jurors. Their backgrounds were from all kinds of various industries. I believe a few of them were either self-employed or perhaps stay-at-home mom. There were all age ranges, various races. And so it really was a good variety of people in socioeconomic backgrounds and industry backgrounds and that sort of a thing. Once we had made the selections outside of the jury's presence, all 36 of the jurors were brought back in and then the ones that were not selected were dismissed. And so when I start out reading this trial transcript, that's sort of what is transpiring. Also, in Tarrant County, jurors are paid $6.00 for the first day of jury duty. And then subsequently after that, if they have to come back for subsequent days, they are paid $40 per day. And so I was well aware that not only were these people having to take time out of whatever they were doing, but they were not being compensated. And if they were having to take off work, they also may not have been compensated for that. And so when you think about jury duty, and I will never, ever think of jury duty the same after this, You think as a person who might be called for jury duty, oh, I just need to get out of this. I don't want to do this. And then if you're actually selected, that's what you're faced with. You're faced with missing work and not being compensated very well. And so truly the justice system in this process and choosing jurors is so important to a case. And so I'm very grateful to the people who served on my jury and all people that serve on all juries because it truly cannot be done without that. The day prior, I had met Sarah, my lead attorney, and we met, I think, for about an hour and a half. It was on a Sunday, and I was not told anything about how the day would go. I wasn't told what questions I would be asked. I wasn't told this is the evidence that we're going to show. Nothing. All I was told was if we go and we start the trial tomorrow, you will testify first. And so that's all that I knew. Also, I wasn't told how to answer particular questions. I was just told answer confidently and truthfully, just like I had done in my deposition. And so that was the extent of the advice that my attorneys had given me. Now, Also, my attorneys knew they had proof that I hadn't done any of these things. And so there was no need for me to evade any answers. And so the advice was answer truthfully and confidently. And that's what I did. So the process of the hearing and then the jury selection took a few hours. And so as we start out in the trial transcript, it is 1225 p.m. on Monday, August 22nd, 2022. And at this point in time, all of the prospective jurors are in the room. And as I refer to the judge, he will be referred to as the court. That's what he is referred to as in this transcript. So the court says, all right, thank y'all. You may be seated. Well, folks, that took a little bit longer than I thought it would. We actually combined two steps here. So we can now seat the jury. So everybody worked real well together and it did take a little longer, but we are now able to seat the jury. I noticed some people shivering out there. The air conditioning is still cranking like it was last week. So now it's 74 degrees and I apologize for that. I do have an extra black robe back there. Whoever needs it, let me know and you'll be welcome to it. Actually, I have two. I have a black one and I have a red one that I wear on Valentine's Day and a green one for St. Patrick's Day. So we've got plenty of robes if anybody needs one. And I'm only including this because I think it's important to 
show the humanity of the judge and the legal system. And so that sort of put everyone, I think, at ease to see that from him. Then he goes on to say, all right, these 12 people are going to be on our jury. And so he has indicated which 12. And then he says, Mr. Head juror, you're going to be juror number one. So if you will come on the first for all the way down toward me. So one through six will be on the first row and then seven through 12 will be on the back row. Juror number two, and then he lists them. And then he goes through the rest of the jurors and calls them by name, tells them which juror number they are and tells them where they should be seated. He struggles a little bit with some of the last names and there were a few chuckles in the crowd for that. So at this point in time, also my mom, my daughter and my mom's best friend have joined us in the courtroom in the gallery. They were not there for the jury selection. As for the other 24 of you, he's talking to the jurors that were not chosen. Please know that we very much value your service, accept our sincere thanks for coming out, especially with a little bit of difficulty with the weather. It was storming and raining that day. And I think all the attorneys agree, and you can tell from their comments, we can't do this process without you. We have to have 36 in order to get 12 for legal reasons and all the other reasons. So we really do appreciate your service. And please accept our thanks for you. You are now finished with your jury service, at least for the next six months and the bailiff will show you where to go to check out. And again, thank you so much. We do appreciate you. You are dismissed. And again, that was the 24 jurors that were not selected. Then he says, all right, Mr. Court Reporter, are you ready to go on the record? The reporter says, yes, sir. And then the judge says, all right, the court calls cause number 96-321-678-20, Wrighton versus defendants. Ladies and gentlemen, you may have noticed that we have been joined by the court reporter who I alluded to earlier. And if I tell somebody to speak up, it's so that we can have a clear record. I'm not fussing at them, but we do need to have an absolutely clear record according to our certified shorthand reporter. I do need you to please stand and take your oath as jurors. Raise your right hand, please. And then the jury panel was sworn in. Thank you. You may be seated. I have some rather long instructions to read to you at this time. So the good part is they're in that blue card in front of you. But even though that's the case, the law still requires me to read them to you. So I'm going to do that before we take our lunch break. And then that way we'll get that out of the way and we can hear opening statements when we come back after the lunch break. Members of the jury, turn off all phones and other electronic devices. While you're in the courtroom and while you're deliberating, do not communicate with anyone through electronic device. For example, do not communicate by phone, text message, email message, chat room, blog, or other social networking sites such as Facebook, Twitter, or MySpace. I will give you a number where others may contact you in case of emergency. Do not post information about the case on the internet before these court proceedings end and you are released from jury duty. Do not record or photograph any part of these court proceedings because it is prohibited by law. To avoid looking like you're friendly with one side of the case, do not mingle or talk with the lawyers, witnesses, parties, or anyone else involved in the case. You may exchange casual greetings like hello and good morning. Other than that, do not talk with them at all. They have to follow these same instructions too, so you should not be offended when they follow the instructions. Do not accept any favors from the lawyers, witnesses, parties, or anyone else involved in the case, and do not do any favors for them. This includes favors such as giving rides and food. Do not discuss this case with anyone, even your spouse or a friend, either in person or by any other means. Do not allow anyone else to discuss the case with you or in your hearing. If anyone tries to discuss the case with you or in your hearing, tell me and immediately. We do not want you to be influenced by something other than the evidence admitted in court. Do not discuss this case with anyone during the trial, not even with other jurors until the end of the trial. You should not discuss the case with your fellow jurors until the end of the trial so that you do not form opinions about the case before you have heard everything. After you have heard all the evidence, received all my instructions, and heard the lawyer's arguments, you will then go to the jury room to discuss the case with the other jurors and reach a verdict. Do 
not investigate this case on your own. For example, do not try to get information about the case, lawyers, witnesses, or issues from outside this courtroom. Go to places mentioned in this case to inspect the places, inspect items mentioned in the case, unless they are presented as evidence in court. Look up anything in a law book, dictionary, or public record, or try to learn more about the case. Look up anything on the internet to try to learn more about the case, or let anyone else do any of these things for you. This rule is very important because we want a trial based only on evidence admitted in open court. Your conclusions about this case must be based only on what you see and hear in this courtroom because the law does not permit you to base your conclusions on information that has not been presented to you in open court. All of the information must be presented in open court so the parties and their lawyers can test it and object to it. Information from other sources like the internet will not go through this important process in the courtroom. In addition, information from other sources could be completely unreliable. As a result, if you investigate this case on your own, you could compromise the fairness to all parties in this case and jeopardize the results of this trial. Do not tell other jurors about your own personal experiences or other people's experiences. For example, you may have special knowledge of something in the case, such as business, technical, or professional information. You may even have expert knowledge or opinions, or you may know what happened in this case or another similar case. Do not tell the other jurors about it. Telling other jurors about it is wrong because it means that the jury will be considering things that were not admitted in court. Do not consider attorney's fees unless I tell you to do so. Do not guess about attorney's fees. Do not consider or guess whether any party is covered by insurance unless I tell you to do so. During the trial, if taking notes will help focus your attention on the evidence, you may take notes using the materials the court has provided. Do not use any personal electronic devices to take notes. If taking notes will distract your attention from the evidence, you should not take notes. Your notes are for your own personal use. They are not evidence. Do not show or read your notes to anyone, including other jurors. You must leave your notes in the jury room or with the bailiff. The bailiff is instructed not to read your notes and to give your notes to me promptly after collecting them from you. I will make sure your notes are kept in a safe, secure location and not disclosed to anyone. You may take your notes back to the jury room and consult with them during deliberations, but keep in mind that your notes are not evidence. When you deliberate, each of you should rely on your independent recollection of the evidence and not be influenced by the fact that another juror has or has not taken notes. After you complete your deliberations, the bailiff will collect your notes. When you are released from jury duty, the bailiff will promptly destroy your notes so that nobody can read what you wrote. I will decide matters of law in this case. It is your duty to listen and to consider the evidence and to determine fact issues that I may submit to you at the end of the trial. After you've heard all the evidence, I will give you instructions to follow as you make your decision. The instructions will also have questions for you to answer. You will not be asked and you should not consider which side will win. Instead, you will need to answer the specific questions that I give you. Every juror must obey my instructions. If you do not follow these instructions, you will be guilty of juror misconduct, and I may have to order a new trial and start this process all over again. This would waste your time and the party's money and would require the taxpayers of this county to pay for another trial. Do you understand these instructions? If you do not, please tell me now. No one objected or had any questions. Please keep these instructions and review them as we go through this case. If anyone does not follow these instructions, tell me. All right, at this time, we're gonna take our lunch break. Do either parties have anything to take up before we go off the record? Elizabeth says, not at this time, Your Honor. The judge says, defense, and defendant's attorney says, no, sir, Your Honor. The judge says, all right, we are off the record and adjourned for lunch. And then we took a recess from 12.35 to 1.55 p.m. for lunch. I honestly have no idea if I ate food that day. I cannot recall and neither can my mom or my husband, but we did have a break.
Once the break was over, the judge says, all right, everyone may be seated. Thank you. All the chairs are filled. Excellent. All right. Are you ready to go on the record? And he is saying that to the court reporter and the reporter says, yes, sir. The judge says, all right, we are on the record. Ladies and gentlemen, just to give you an idea about how the case will proceed from this point, the attorney for the plaintiff will be given an opportunity to make an opening statement outlining the case. The opening statement is not evidence, but is merely to aid you in a general understanding of the nature of the case and the significance of the evidence as perceived by the attorney for the plaintiff. The attorney for the defendant will then be given an opportunity to make an opening statement if so desired or may waive or reserve that statement until the plaintiff has rested their case. The plaintiff will then introduce their evidence. After the plaintiff has rested, the defendant will introduce evidence. Rebuttal evidence may then be introduced by the plaintiffs. At the close of the evidence, the charge of the court will be read to you. The attorneys will then have the opportunity to make closing arguments. You will then retire to the jury room, select your presiding juror, and begin your deliberations in this cause. The evidence you may consider will consist of the testimony of the witnesses and of the exhibits offered and admitted into evidence. The term witness means anyone who testifies in person or by deposition. The admission of evidence in court is governed by specific rules of law. From time to time, it may be the duty of an attorney to make an objection to certain offered evidence, and it will be my my duty as judge to rule on that objection. You must not concern yourself with the objection or the court's reasons for these rulings. These are purely matters of law. You must not consider any evidence to which I sustain an objection that I order stricken from the record or that I order you to disregard. No statement, ruling, or remark that I make during the entire time this case is on trial is intended in any way to indicate my opinion of the facts. The court has no right to indicate an opinion as to the facts. You are to decide the facts in this case. In this determination, you alone must determine the believability of the evidence and its weight and value. You should not read any newspaper articles, listen to any radio broadcasts, view any television program, or review any internet information that discusses this case. In addition, the use of cell phones with internet capabilities is prohibited. After you've retired to the jury room, to consider your verdict, you may discuss the case among yourselves. Until then, you are not to even discuss the case among yourselves. You are to keep an open mind, and you must not decide any issue in this case until the case has been formally submitted to you for your deliberations. If anyone attempts to discuss the case with you, you are to report it immediately to the court. Plaintiff, ready to proceed? Elizabeth says, yes, your honor. The judge says, defendants, ready to proceed? And defendant's attorney says, yes, sir, judge. The judge says, all right, we will have the opening statement from the plaintiff at this time. You may proceed. And Elizabeth says, thank you, your honor. May it please the court. And then she addresses the counsel and says, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Elizabeth Belito, and along with Sarah Long, we have the privilege of representing Crystal Wrighton. Now, Crystal is a hardworking mother of three and grandmother to one. And unfortunately enough, Crystal's only regret in this situation is she got into business with the wrong person. Now, you'll hear that Crystal worked with the defendant at her store. You'll hear that Crystal was the operations manager at defendant's business and worked there for about a year and a half. Now, unfortunately, things... They just didn't work out between the defendant and Crystal. However, on November 13th of 2020, Crystal woke up thinking that it was just going to be a normal day. What she didn't realize was that the defendant had begun posting false and untrue statements about Crystal on Facebook, Instagram, and later on TikTok. Now, unfortunately, these statements have not stopped. They continue to this day. Now, what you'll hear, you'll hear a lot about the law in this situation, libel, slander, defamation. You kind of heard a little bit about it during jury selection. Now, libel and slander is basically just untrue statements, either written or spoken. And in this case, we're going to show you both. Defendant posted not only posts on Facebook and written posts on Instagram, but she would post live videos that were about two hours long each time about Crystal. These statements included that Crystal had stalked her for 10 years, that Crystal was involved in a site called Gomi or 
Reddit, typical blog sites. These statements also include that Crystal wrote about defendant for these 10 years and wrote through a hundred different accounts. A hundred. That's how many you'll hear defendant believes Miss Wrighton wrote. You'll hear that defendant believes that Crystal would log in and out of each account to talk to herself only on the internet. Now, the judge has just told you that you get to judge the credibility of these witnesses. You'll get to listen to them. You'll get to hear their stories, hear what they have to say about this situation, and you're going to hear from Crystal. You're going to hear about how defendants' postings on Facebook and Instagram caused an uproar in the defendant's community. Now, defendant with her little, with her boutique, her online store, she has a lot of followers. She has about 20,000 followers, actually, and these followers believe every single thing defendant posts to the point where you will hear that defendant's followers threatened physical violence against my client, her children, her husband, all because Crystal quit a job. That's what started this. Crystal simply left a job she did not like anymore, and defendant did not like it and started this warpath against my client. You'll also hear that no matter how many times we asked defendant nicely to stop, we sent her what are called retraction letters. These are basically letters where we outlined the statement that was made, told her why they were untrue, and asked her, please stop, please take them down. We asked her nicely, not once, not twice. We asked her eight times between November 13th of 2020 to June of 2022, and not once has the defendant apologized or taken them down. In fact, you'll hear every time defendant now makes a statement about my client that we consider untrue, she will say, oh, go ahead and write me another letter. Ladies and gentlemen, we have tried to get defendant to stop. You'll hear that multiple times during this testimony, and this is what had to happen to get her to stop. We had to come in front of you to tell you that these statements affected Crystal not only mentally, but physically. It affected her status in the community. It affected every part of her daily life. It even affected her family, who's here today. Now, in jury selection, you heard that this could have been a spat on Facebook or just a conversation on Facebook that got out of hand. This was not just a normal spat. This was a constant barrage of statements against my client that occurred every single day, multiple times a day. And we've brought a lot of evidence today for you to see. Now, we've pared it down to about one hour of video that y'all have to watch so you don't have to see the hours upon hours of video that defendant posted about my client. And we've pared it down to only a couple of posts. I want to pause here and acknowledge that Elizabeth just said in her opening statement that we have narrowed this down to about one hour of video. We are in episode 13. 32 of this podcast. We have sat through, I don't even know how many hours of the defamatory statements, and it wasn't even all of them. I narrowed it down even further. But I just want you to understand that the jury only had access to up to one hour of video and a handful of written posts, as you'll see. All of the files that we've been watching on this podcast have been submitted into discovery, but in terms of exhibits at trial shown to the jury, only one hour of footage and a handful of posts will be shown. But ultimately, defendant made 358 statements. These are the statements that she admitted to in the request for admission that were untrue about my client and throughout 2021 and continuing into today, 358. And she's admitted to making every single one of those statements. You'll see that today. This was not just a spat. This was not something that Crystal asked for or even responded to. Never once 
did Crystal ever respond to any of these statements written by defendant? This was simply defendant taking matters into her own hands and deciding that simply because Crystal quit her job, she had to be destroyed. And that's what you're here to decide today, ladies and gentlemen. We hope that this evidence ends up showing that ultimately these statements were untrue. As Crystal will tell you, not once did she ever post a comment or anything on Gomi or Reddit about the defendant. Never once did she say a mean word about the defendant on the internet. You'll hear all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a situation that Crystal has had to live with for almost two years now, and we're finally getting to decide what is true and what was untrue. And what you need to realize in this trial is there's some people here who will have the evidence to back it up, and there's some that won't. And that's what we're asking you to decide today. Was defendant untrue or defamatory in making these statements against my client? Did it ruin her reputation? Did it cause her mental anguish? Did it cause her to lose job opportunities? That is what you get to decide. Now, in terms of the lost job opportunity, you'll hear that Crystal tried to interview for a job after working with defendant and got to the very last interview, but ultimately it didn't pan out. And you'll notice the coincidence that the last interview happened to coincide to when defendant started posting about my client at the beginning of November, and suddenly that job didn't pan out. You'll also hear that Crystal now has to go see a therapist for the mental aspect of what's been done to her, because it's not only terrifying to be threatened individually, or you'll hear that it was terrifying to Miss Wrighton to have her family threatened her two children Elizabeth meant three children, but she misspoke a little bit here. That is what is really powerful in this situation. That defendant's statement didn't just affect Crystal, it affected Crystal's entire life and her entire family. You'll also see that, in fact, defendants following believed these statements. They were the ones who ate it up. They took everything in and they said, it's true, it's true, with no evidence. They just believe her. And that's what's so scary about an influencer in this day and age, is the followers just automatically believe everything that they're saying is true. And that's what's happened here. You'll hear that defendants had a certain influence over her community, over this community that shopped at her store. And you'll hear that this community believed what defendant was saying about Crystal and ultimately started writing comments of violence, threatening violence against Crystal, threatening violence against her family. Now in total, defendant has made 105 different social media posts with untrue statements being attached to them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a situation in which they simply had an argument on Facebook and now we're here. This was a planned attack on Crystal's character, a planned attack on Crystal's credibility, and a planned attack on her reputation. We hope that you see through this testimony that we're going to provide that these statements were never true, and at some point, defendant decided not to take them back, but to double down and keep going and keep making these statements and continuing to destroy Crystal's reputation in her community and continuing to destroy the safety that Crystal is entitled to, the safety that her family is entitled to. That is what you get to decide here today. Thank you. The judge says, all right, thank you, and asked defendant's attorney if he would like to give an opening statement, and he said that he would reserve. So he chose not to make an opening statement at this time. He is going to make his opening statement when the defense starts to present their case. The judge says, all right, thank you, sir. Plaintiff, call your first witness. And Elizabeth says, we call Crystal Wrighton to the stand. And then the judge says, all right, ma'am, come on up here, please. Raise your right hand. And then I was sworn in, and he said, have a seat, please, and go ahead and scoot right up to that microphone. Give it a tap for me. Let me make sure it's on. All right. Thank you. And then begins the direct examination of me, the plaintiff, Crystal Wrighton, by Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says, good morning, Crystal. Can you please introduce yourself to the jury? And I said, okay, my name is Crystal Wrighton. Thank you so much for being here. And then the judge immediately says, I need you to speak up. And I was a little bit mortified. Um, and so I just said, 
So sorry. And then Elizabeth says, now, Crystal, can you tell us a little bit about your life? And I said, I'm a mom. I have a 22-year-old daughter who is here today. I have a 17-year-old senior in high school. And I have a 13-year-old son who is an eighth grader. I also have an almost four-year-old granddaughter. Before working for the defendant, I was in business for, I want to say, 15 to 16 years. And then I went to work for her. And now we are here. So I've been a businesswoman, you know. And then I said, and I have a husband, too, who is also here. Sorry. I temporarily forgot about my husband who was literally in the room and the judge says he what and I said my husband is also here the judge says you're really going to need to speak up everybody in this room has to hear you and I said okay and then he said I need you to turn up the volume and I said okay and he said thank you Elizabeth says Crystal do you attend any churches or anything like that in the area and I said yes I attend and then I gave my church's name and she says and how long have you been attending that church and I said gosh I want to say maybe even five years now and then she said and I I know you're a little apprehensive to tell us where you work. Is that right? And I said, that is correct. I'm very apprehensive to disclose my current employment. And Elizabeth said, why is that? And I said, I'm afraid that the defendant will use that information as a weapon against me to try to contact them and try to ruin what reputation I've been able to build since I started working there. Elizabeth says, now, where did you first learn of defendant's business? I said, I think that it was in the spring of 2015. My mom and I were sitting at my son's baseball game, and I can't remember if it was my son's team or the opposing team had the name defendant's business on the back. And I only remember that because my mom said, what is that? Defendant's company name kind of sounds like a strip club. And I'm not trying to be offensive, but that's just, I remember that. And then that was it until the fall of 2015. I was at a trade show, Chi Omega Christmas Market, and the defendant walked into my booth and sat on my couch. I had a couch in there and she sat down and introduced herself, asked me about the stuff in my booth. And then she said, you know, that she was the owner of defendant's business. And I said, I think I've heard of that before. And so she asked me, you know, come to my booth. I did, but it was really busy. So I didn't do any shopping, but I did begin to follow her and her business on social media at that point. I was a size 22 at that time. And I didn't really think that I would be able to wear plus size clothing from a boutique because boutiques clothing tended to run a little smaller. But the way she and her employees displayed the clothing, they would show a plus size model and a non plus size model. And so I started thinking maybe I can really wear some of this. And so I placed a few orders. Ultimately, defendant had designed a denim line and she said that it would fit size is 0 to 22. And I thought, no way, no way is this going to fit me. But I ordered some anyway, and I put them on and they zipped and I cried. And I was like, take all of my money. I will literally buy everything from you. And that is when I became, I was sold. I was sold on her clothing and I spent a lot of money there. We don't need to talk about the amount of money as my husband is in the room, but it was a lot. Elizabeth says, all right. And what was your relationship like with the defendant before you began working with her? But after you met her, I said, defendant very much ran her business and was very involved with customers. And so she would have warehouse events that people would come in, fly in from across the country to go to these warehouse sales. And she was very involved with customers. And so at some point she got my number or I got her number. I'm not really sure. And she would text me periodically. And ultimately in about April of 2019, she texted me and said, I'm needing an operations manager. If you have anyone that you could recommend, let me know. She, at that point, we had followed each other on social media. She knew what I did for a living, which was heavy in operations. And so we went back and forth a little bit about that. And I said, I had someone that I had in mind, but she kind of lived far away and she had children. It just really wasn't a thing. And I said, I gave her three options. I said, I can come and do it for you. I can help you find someone or I can just do it until you find someone. And so ultimately I did go to work for her. 
Elizabeth said, now in the time between meeting defendant and ultimately working for her, were you working at any point? And I said, yes, yes, I was working. I was working somewhere. And then when she approached me about that job, I was not. I was staying kind of at home. My daughter got pregnant her senior year of high school and she really wanted to still be a teacher. And so I had said, you know, live at home. If you want to go to college, then I can take this time off. I'll watch the baby for the first year that you go to college. And she started college in January of 2019. Defendant approached me in April. And so I was a little hesitant just because I wasn't planning on going back to work until the following year. However, defendant's warehouse and business was in my neighborhood that I've lived in for 18 years. It happened to be there. It was close by. It was flexible. My son went to school across the street. So it was a mix of convenience. And I really believed in the brand. And I wanted the way that her clothing empowered me. I wanted to be part of that. And so I did. Elizabeth says, so when you first started working with defendant, what was your original role with her? And I said, I was hired as an operations manager. However, in a small company, you're everything. You wear multiple hats. You do whatever needs to be done. But I immediately began putting some more efficient processes in place. I cleaned, worked and cleaned out the warehouse, tried to get everything organized. I managed the employees at the warehouse. Defendant had a personal assistant that I did not manage, but I was over shipping and customer service. We didn't have a lot of employees, but I was the leader of all of that. And I really just wanted to use the skills that I had developed over 15 years of being in business and helping run businesses and running a business to help her and kind of get her business thriving. Elizabeth said, and about how long did you work with the defendant? And I said, it was either the end of April 2019 or a beginning of May 2019, somewhere around that time frame. And then I quit on September 2nd of 2020. Elizabeth says, and after you left defendant, and left working for defendant, did you speak to her at any point after that? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, and when was the next time you heard anything about defendant after leaving the boutique? And I said, I was contacted on November 13th by a woman. She used to work for the defendant and I kind of knew her through that capacity. And she Facebook messaged me and said, are these posts true? What defendant is posting about you? And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I unfollowed her. I don't know. And I said, what is it? And you know, can you send it to me? And and then I said, you don't have to if you don't want to. And she did. And I read it and I was like, what? What is this? And then I had someone else message me on Instagram, kind of this like, and it was a lot of screenshots. It was a very long post. And I was like, what is going on? This is insane. I have never done any of these things. And it's using my name and making all of these wild accusations. I was stunned. I was stunned. I was angry. I was upset. I was in shock. And I was like, what is going on? Anyway, it was November 13th of 2020. Elizabeth says, in turning the court and counsel's attention to exhibit one that has been previously admitted, your honor, if we can, Elizabeth will ask to use the laptop. And Elizabeth says, Crystal, is this the first post that you saw that was sent to you by the woman who sent it? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and what account was this post made from? And I said, defendant's personal Facebook that was also public. I believe the name on it at the time was, and then I gave the name. Elizabeth says, now, can you read the first boxed statement for us? And then I read it and said, since you admitted that you haven't told your mom about Crystal's nine plus freaking profiles where she talks to herself about me with information you admitted giving her, tell her to save her apology. Elizabeth says, now in terms of the nine profiles that is mentioned there, what does that mean to you? And I said she was referring to a website called GoMe, which I did not even know existed until I went to work for the defendant and she told me about it. So she is saying here that I had nine profiles on this website and was logging in and out to talk about her. This website is a horrible website. It is horrible. It talks poorly about influencers. It talks poorly about Meghan Markle. It talks just anyone who is kind of internet famous. There are internet trolls 
that don't like them and they made a thread on this website. And there was a thread about the defendant that I learned after I went to work for her. And she is here accusing me of being, at least at this point, nine plus of the profiles on that website. Elizabeth says, and just to clarify for the members of the jury, have you ever had a profile on GoMe? And I said, absolutely not. Never, not ever. I want to be abundantly clear. I have never had a profile on GoMe ever. You cannot post without a profile on GoMe. So not only do I have zero profiles, nor have I ever in my life had any profiles, nor do I know anyone that has a profile that I'm aware of. I have never had a profile. I have never posted on GoMe. Elizabeth says, now, can you read the second blocked statement that is provided there on the screen? And I went on to say, but a hate blog doesn't want trouble when 90% of the posts come from the same person. Elizabeth says, now what does this statement mean to you? And I said that she is accusing me of making 90% of the posts about her on GoMe. Elizabeth says, and can you read the first blocked text on this screen? And I say, so thankful you told her otherwise so she could keep terrorizing me so y'all could and then try to pin it on others. Elizabeth says, now at any point in your about five-year kind of acquaintanceship, friendship, work relationship with defendant, at any point did you terrorize her? And I said, no. No. Elizabeth says, and in terms of working with defendant at any point, were you trying to destroy her business? And I said, absolutely not. The entire opposite. From the moment I started working for her, I tried to help her. That was my goal. I had been used to making a lot more money than I was making when she hired me, but I believed in her and I believed in her company and I was willing to take the pay cut to help her. Elizabeth said, and why did you ultimately quit working for defendant? And I said, with a small company, you work a lot of hours. I was working a lot of hours. There were also very stressful situations and very frustrating situations. And ultimately, the hours that I was working, the stressful situations that I was experiencing, and the frustrations that I had exceeded my compensation level. When I first started to work for the defendant, there was potentially going to be a bonus based on sales. The sales were not trending in that sort of direction. And it just didn't appear that that was going to be the case. And I just decided, this is not a good fit anymore. This is not a good fit for my family. This is not a good fit for me. And I left. Elizabeth said, now, can you read the second bolded text on the screen? And I said, someone called Jesus. He done saw y'all's text, like I always say, and y'all got mine plus my text downloaded, not smart. So go right ahead, mamacita. Elizabeth says, and what does that statement mean to you? And I said, in this post, she is also appearing to be accusing me of hacking her phone and stealing her text messages or pictures or something. That's what I think this is in reference to. At this point, the defendant's attorney says, your honor, I'm going to object to the speculative nature of that answer in response to the extent that the particular post does not at all reference the plaintiff. The judge says, response? Elizabeth says, your honor, defendant has admitted that this statement, she has admitted that she has made this statement. And in fact, I believe in her deposition, she admitted that this was about both Crystal and another employee that worked for her. The judge says, what's your response to the part of the objection about the speculation? Elizabeth says, your honor, I'm simply asking what it means to my client. And the judge says, all right, overruled. And that just means that the defendant's attorney's objection is overruled, so the jury does not have to disregard what I had just said. Elizabeth goes on to say, now, Crystal, did you ever have access to the defendant's iCloud? And I said, I did not ever have access to her iCloud. As an employee of hers, I had access to, there were devices that I had like a company iCloud, but her personal iCloud, no, no. Elizabeth says, did you ever hack into the defendant's iCloud at any point? 
And I said, I have never hacked into her iCloud, no, or anything else. Elizabeth said, have you ever downloaded anything off defendant's phone so that she would not have access to it? And I said, absolutely not. Elizabeth said, now you can read the first bolded text at the top. And I said, you can stop trying to drag people into this though. Steph, don't be Crystal's next casualty like H. And here she is referencing Steph, who you have heard from in a prior episode. And Elizabeth says, and who is H? And I said, H worked with me at the defendant's company, as did Steph. Elizabeth said, at any point, was this statement of you trying to drag other individuals into this issue with the defendant, did you ever try to do that? And I said, well, first of all, I never did what she said. I never did what she said. Therefore, I could not be dragging anyone else into it. So, no. Elizabeth says, and then at the bottom, can you please read that bolded text? And I said, P.S. Crystal, I pray for your family's sake you get the help you need. Your daughter was right about you. You are the fakest person I know. Bless her. Elizabeth said, now how did your daughter respond to that comment? And I said, she was very unhappy. She wanted to defend her mom. At this point, defendant's attorney says, your honor, I'll object to hearsay. And the judge says sustained. Sustained means that the court is saying that the jury needs to disregard my answer to that question because he's saying, yes, he agrees with defendant's attorney. It was hearsay. Elizabeth goes on to say, now, Crystal, if you could read the top right text that is bolded. And I said, and I Googled narcissist because I was telling people that you weren't talking about me when you've been posting all of this crazy profanity lately. And I'm only three out of 10. So I would reevaluate your choice of words. Elizabeth says, now what does she mean about you posting about narcissists? And I said, I don't know. I have definitely in my past posted about narcissism, never specifically about her. So I don't know if that's what she's referring to. That's the only thing that I could, I don't know. I don't know. Elizabeth says, now, can you please read the bottom box text? And I said, it might also be the subscription box that she had day soon. You're right, but y'all made it happen in this time. And then Elizabeth said, and what is this box? And I said, defendant sold a monthly. It was kind of like a subscription box, but when you signed up for it, you didn't automatically get the box every month. You had to buy it. And it was the biggest day of the month. As a customer, I bought all of them every month. It was a huge day and it was huge sales day. It was just a big deal. Elizabeth said, and can you talk a little bit about your reputation in the online community before leaving the company. And I said, so when I bought the jeans that fit, and then I started buying a lot more clothing, defendant had a Facebook group called, and then I said the name, and people every day, women would post their outfit pictures, their outfit selfie. And what I loved about that group is those women were not, they did not have perfect bodies. Some had a body like mine, some were super skinny and just didn't have a lot of curves, but they were just normal people and they would post their pictures. And as I started wearing the clothes, and got more confident, I would post my pictures every day. And so the other women would comment. And so I developed a lot of friends in the online Facebook group, the online community. Some of her followers, we would follow each other on social media, many of them actually, Facebook and Instagram. When there were events that the defendant would have for her store, warehouse sales, she also had another large event to celebrate a business milestone. Some of the women who lived in other parts of the country stayed in my home, ate dinner with my family, went to church with me, and we were friends. We texted, we called, we FaceTimed. So I was very well known in the online community, especially after I went to work there. It was very customary for customers to message me on my personal Facebook page, a customer service question. We were a small company. We were very engaged with the customers who had also been my friends. And so I had what I would consider a good reputation. 
there were comments after I started working there that they could tell things were running smoothly. So in my opinion, I would take that to mean that I was well-liked and they thought that I was doing a good job. I had many friends in her online community. Elizabeth said, and to your knowledge, has that changed since the post began? And I said, yes, yes, yes. Many of these people, most of them actually, although one actually just never talked to me again, not only did they never talk to me again, they would comment in favor of the defendant on her posts about me, her lies about me. Defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, this is hearsay testimony. And the judge said sustained, which means the jury should disregard what I said. Elizabeth goes on to say, now, Miss Wrighton, were you aware of any comments made by customers on these new posts? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and what was the nature of these comments? And then the defendant's attorney says, your honor, this is an effort to obtain the same hearsay testimony. And the judge said sustained. Elizabeth goes on to say, can you read the first blocked quote on this screen as well? And I said, and everyone can see it, including the authorities, Jesus, and the public you tried to terrorize me in front of. And we all think it's disgusting. Elizabeth says, now in reference to the authorities comment, did you believe at any point that you had committed a crime against the defendant? And I said, no, no. Elizabeth says, at any point, did you believe that you had terrorized defendant at any point in your relationship with her? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, and can you please read the second blocked boxed quote on the screen? And I said, you tried to ruin my business and my life and you reveled in it and bragged about it, thinking you were untouchable. Shame on you both and shame on you for what you're doing to so many other people's lives, getting them to do your dirty work. Elizabeth says, now this post in general, how did this affect you? And I said, I went from being so confused as to why she would say these things about me. I was humiliated, embarrassed, and physically my blood pressure went up substantially to the point where I had to double my blood pressure medication until I could get to my doctor. I wouldn't leave the house. I sought out a therapist and I remember making sure that I chose a male therapist because I was afraid that if I went to a female therapist that it might be somebody who knew her, believed her, and yeah, that knew her and believed what she said. Elizabeth said, these feelings that you started to have, this humiliation, this only occurred after this this first post. And I said, yes, this post, yes, specifically was humiliating. And ultimately, and I don't want to get objected to, but after seeing comments where I felt like, and then immediately defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, hearsay. Elizabeth said, your honor, may I respond? And then the judge said, overruled, just wait for the next question. And I said, I'm sorry. And then he said, that's all right. And Elizabeth said, what happened after you would see these comments on this post? And I said, I was devastated that anybody would believe this about me with just a word, with just a post, especially people who I thought knew me and knew my character. That was devastating. But people that I considered friends appeared to believe this. Elizabeth said, now we're going to take a look at some of the comments that were made by defendant with other comments attached that were made by her followers. Can you please read that first or the only block text that's on the screen? And I said, also, apparently y'all are all fangirls living paycheck to paycheck, lonely and obsessed. But I'm pretty sure this takes the obsessed cake. I can't wait until our fangirl profanities get to sit in that courtroom. Also, most of my friends still get a paycheck, which is less than I can say about our troll friends. Elizabeth says, now during this time before this post had been made, were you searching for another job? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and were you able to interview at any companies during that time? And I said, yes, I interviewed at a company called and I gave the company's name. They were a moving and storage company with branches around the United States. I first interviewed with the HR person, I think in late September or early October, and she confirmed my salary requirements of 90,000 a year. I then went to the next interview with who would have been my supervisor for the position that I had applied for, which I believe was the title was operations logistics manager. I met with him. After that, I met with the COO and through talking to him, and then at this point, defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, hearsay, if it's going to refer to a statement 
statement made by these individuals she's interviewing with. The judge says, I think you said after talking with him, don't say what somebody else told you. If you're saying after talking with him what you did, I'll allow it, okay? And I said, okay. And he goes, you understand the difference? And I said, okay. The judge says, so when you say after talking with him, you're not allowed to quote somebody else out of court, okay? And I said, okay. Judge says, Okay, if the continuation of your answer is to say what you did after talking with him, you didn't say what he said. And I said, okay. Judge says, okay, were you going to tell us what you did? Let's rephrase the question. And Elizabeth says, sure. And then she says, now, Crystal, after going through these interviews at this company, what was your understanding of where you were in the process of these interviews? And then the defendant's attorney again says, your honor, I'm sorry, this calls for a hearsay response. And then the judge says, overruled. You may answer as to your understanding. And I said, okay, my understanding was that I was no longer being considered for the original position that I applied for because my skill set lent itself to a larger position where I wouldn't just be at one branch. I would be going into all the branches across the United States and evaluate their efficiency and make recommendations. I then went on to have a few more interviews and my understanding was HR will be contacting me if they had not already contacted me and I should be expecting a job offer. Elizabeth says, and when did the end of that inner process fall in the year of 2020? And I said, early November of 2020. Elizabeth says, when was this post made? And and I said, November 13th of 2020. Elizabeth says, now, can you read the blocked statement that is on the screen? And I said, so gross. It is just absolutely so incredibly disgusting. Crystal would log in and out and talk to herself. And because I genuinely never looked at it, I never knew. If I would have looked at it six months ago, I would have been able to tell right away. Elizabeth said, and who is making this comment on this post? And I said, the defendant. Elizabeth said, at this point in time, were you able to find any information about yourself, say, on Google? And I said, around this time, I started to Google myself. And then the judge says, ma'am, that was a yes or no question. And I said, oh, yes, I'm sorry. The judge says, the question was, were you able to find anything on Google? And I said, yes. And the court said, that is a yes or no answer. And I said, yes. And he said, so answer the question, then stop and wait for the next question. Okay. And I said, oh. And then the defendant's attorney says, your honor, if I may, anything that Google said or didn't say about her, that's a hearsay response. And then the judge says, that's why I'm making her ask another question. I instructed her to answer the question that was posed. And now we'll wait for the next question. And the defendant's attorney said, all right, judge, thank you. And the judge said, thank you. Then Elizabeth goes on to say, and when you ultimately did Google yourself, would these posts come up? And I said, yes. Then the defendant's attorney again says, again, it calls for hearsay, judge. I mean, it calls for a hearsay answer to the extent what Google did or didn't post or show at any given time. That's an out-of-court declaration to prove what she's saying. And then the judge says, what's the reason that you're offering the statement? And then Elizabeth says, because, Your Honor, at this point in time, Miss Wrighton was in the middle of an interview process and towards the end was about to get the job and a simple Google search would have brought up these posts against my client. The judge says, okay, what's the reason you're offering? You asked her what she saw on Google and the reason you're offering it is what? And Elizabeth says, the reason I'm offering it is to show that these posts could have been seen by anybody, by the people interviewing my client for this job, which could have been the reason why. And then the judge says, so you're offering them for the truth of the matter asserted? And Elizabeth says, no, Your Honor. Judge says, you're offering to show that they're not true? Elizabeth says, correct. And then the judge says, that's not hearsay, overruled. Then Elizabeth goes on to say, now, can you read the first part of this statement as well? And I said, did you miss the part where I said hate blogging about me for years? H admitted it, boo, before I ever or even met the woman. 
Elizabeth says, now again, did you have any accounts on Reddit at this point either? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, have you ever had an account on Reddit? And I said, about a year ago, I cannot recall the date. I was reading a thread and Reddit said, continue with Google because I could not see the rest of the comments with my, and then I gave my Gmail account, email account. I clicked that button. I don't know if that constitutes having an account, but I want to be completely transparent about that. And then Elizabeth said, at this point in time, had you ever made a post on Reddit or Gomi about defendant? And I said, not at this time and not today. Elizabeth says, now can you read the second blocked statement on this screen? And I said, I cannot believe you would justify the fact that someone has literally stalked me for several years before I even met them and then come to my business and try to destroy it and then brags about it on the internet every day. But okay, I still paid you this week. Elizabeth says, now all of these statements so far have just been in the very first post that defendant posted. Is that right? And I said, correct. Elizabeth said, can you read this statement as well? And I said, because I knew in my heart that it wasn't my job to show you the truth because you saw for yourself the shady profanity they said behind my back. Elizabeth said, at any point, did you ever talk poorly about defendant behind her back? And I said, to the extent of being frustrated in my job talking to a coworker, yes, absolutely. Elizabeth said, did you ever call defendant a narcissist? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, to whom did you make that statement? And I listed a few of my coworkers. And Elizabeth said, and did you have any other conversations with one of the employees specifically around the time that you left? And I said, yes. The day that I left, I went to tell her that I was leaving and she was surprised and upset. And she said, when? And I said, right now, today, this is my last day. And she said, why? And I said, I have worked for narcissists in the past and I would rather not continue or I would rather not do that again. And I said, that's all I really want to say because I don't want you to have to be asked and whatever. And I said, all I will say is if you hear something random about me after I leave, I would just ask that you would think about who I am as a person, your experience with me as a person, and see if anything that is said about me after I'm gone lines up with that. Elizabeth said, and why did you tell this coworker that? And I said, I felt that the defendant spoke poorly about, and at this point, defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, this calls for a speculative answer to the extent that she's saying, I felt the defendant would do anything or not do anything. The judge said, overruled. Elizabeth says, Ms. Wrighton, in terms of speaking poorly behind people's backs after they left, is that something that the defendant had done in the past? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and did you feel that if you left the company, she would do the same to you? And I said, absolutely. That's the entire reason I made that statement to that coworker. Elizabeth said, do you believe that she would start an online campaign against you like she has the past two years? And I said, no, no, absolutely not. That was beyond my wildest imagination. Elizabeth says, now, can you read the blocked quote on this screen as well? And I said, they deleted incriminating things from everywhere and tried to blame other people. Did you miss that? Please don't even answer. Good luck with your friends. Elizabeth said, can you read this statement as well? And I said, and if someone who is the mother of another little boy, it is disgusting that you would even condone their nasty, vile, gut-riching behavior towards a child. So gross. Elizabeth said, and in terms of behavior towards a child, what did you believe that to mean? And I said, earlier in this post, defendant stated that she believed that I had made horrible comments about her son. That appears to be what she's referencing here. Elizabeth said, and below this comment, can you please read the comment that is below? And I said, feel free to share and tag Steph. Somehow they aren't Facebook friends. Elizabeth said, so in these posts that the defendant would make, would she tag other people in them? And I said, in this post, she tagged up to 98 people, I believe is one of the screenshots that I saw. Elizabeth said, 
And the comment under this, she's trying to tag another person. And I said, correct. Elizabeth said, can you please read this next bolded statement as well? And I said, H knows I'm not lying. And Crystal, I wouldn't put this profanity out there if I couldn't prove it. I gave someone a $5,000 raise during a pandemic. That's for sure. She sure did text me how thankful she was all the time. Funny how every single text message got deleted. Hmm. Okay. Elizabeth says, now at any point that you either worked for defendant or were friends with the defendant, or even after you stopped working for the defendant, did you ever delete any of her text messages from her phone? And I said, no, absolutely not. Elizabeth said, did you ever delete text messages from her iCloud? And I said, no, absolutely not. Elizabeth says, now Crystal, after that post was made, how did it change what you did in your outside life, the life you had outside of social media? And I said, I wouldn't leave the house, like I said. And then I started to get emotional, which I usually to this day, still get emotional when I have to talk about how it affected me personally. I went on to say, as I've stated, I live very close to the defendant's business. The business is very well known in our community. I was afraid if I left the house and saw someone that I might be approached or even attacked. Ultimately, I don't know if it was this one or another one. There was discussion of which one I was because as an employee, we were on camera. We were well known from the customers who we were and a person I don't know obtained a picture of me and my son. And then the defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, to the extent someone posted something online, we don't know who it was. That's calling for a hearsay answer, your honor. And then Elizabeth said, your honor, may I respond? And the judge says, you may. Elizabeth said, all of the comments and all of these posts, specifically the posts that Crystal is talking about and the comment that Crystal has been talking about has already been admitted into evidence. That was all the posts that we had talked about. Judge says, okay, just give a legal response. And then Elizabeth says, this has already been admitted into evidence. And then the judge says, objection sustained, which means that the jury needed to disregard what I had just said. Then Elizabeth goes on to say, now, Crystal, at any point to your knowledge, was your family ever threatened at any point in these comments? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and how did that make you feel? And I said, I fully believe that my family was in danger because of this. We installed security cameras. We had lived there for, I guess, 16 years at that point, never had security cameras in our house. So we installed that. We are not gun owners. And so we did sleep with a baseball bat under our bed just in case someone came to our house. I shut down all of my social media because I did not want anyone who believed this and wanted to potentially harm me or my family to be able to know anything about me. I didn't want them to know what my kids looked like, what I was doing. I did not want to have, as far as it depended on me, I removed myself from the internet entirely. Elizabeth said, now besides this first post that was made on November 13th of 2020, did defendant ever mention you by name, by first and last name ever again? And I said, yes. And then Elizabeth says, turning the court and counsel's attention to exhibit two, which has been pre-admitted into evidence, which is an Instagram story that was made on November 16th of 2020. Listen, at the end of the day, here's the thing. I ain't stalking you, but I'm gonna keep posting all the stupid shit you do for as long as you do it until your ass is in handcuffs. You and your little friend. Uh, you know what's crazy is your friend already loves to be Sue happy. So if I was lying, one of y'all would already either call the police or call an attorney by now. Because you know, I'm not lying. And number two, y'all really pushing me. That's okay, though. I got the pictures of Job. Not that either of you know who the hell he is. I can't even read my DMs right now because they're just literally going on the screen. Bet yours isn't, though, are they? Nope. Y'all are so dumb, like I can't tell you how much. Literally, what are you doing? You think this is gonna make me not get on the computer every day so then I can't make money, so then my whole world falls apart and then, you know, my dad's gonna die and it's gonna be the end of the world? No.
That's not what's going to happen. I'm definitely getting on the camera today, tomorrow, all the days, every day. The more y'all do stupid for zero reason, that's what makes you look the most crazy. Also, the fact that you think literally that, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But nope, every day, I'm just going to hop back on the internet. So anytime y'all do anything nuts, remove followers off my store, Instagram, any of that, I don't care. I literally don't I mean, joke's on you, honestly, if I'm honest. Husband, how long till the food gets here? So I'm going to eat before I... Sorry we couldn't go on a date, babe. There's some psychos in the world. Babe, <sighs> what do you think about all this? It's crazy, babe. Right? It's like it's literally crazy. a movie. People are crazy. What? What's the point of it, though? They don't have anything else better to do. Well, I mean, they had jobs. What was wrong with that? <laughs> what the hell? I went to mine all day today. Enough, I guess. My God, like what level of nuts? Out? Like this ain't, I mean, I'm not, listen, we still sold 600 boxes today. So. <laughs> Joke's on you, really. <laughs> Elizabeth says, do you recognize this post? And I said, yes. And Elizabeth said, on what account is this being made from? And then I said, that came from the account. And Elizabeth says, now, Miss Wrighton, defendant did kind of state a lot of things. We're going to take them a lot at a time. Specifically, at the very end, she mentioned that you had removed followers from her store Instagram. Had you ever done that before? And I said, no. And then Elizabeth said, had you ever done that while you were working for defendant? And I said, I had never removed followers from the store Instagram. At defendant's request, I removed, I believe, two people from the Facebook group. It was a person who used to be a brand ambassador and their mom because there was a conflict there. Elizabeth said, and in terms of she's never going to stop talking about this, to this day, has defendant ever stopped talking about you on her Facebook or on her Instagram? And I said, it does not seem so. There are posts as recent as this summer. Elizabeth said, now, this is the second video that was also attached to the initial. Don't get it twisted. I'm not crying because I'm upset about you. My dad just told me walked in the room and he feels like he's dying and I don't know what to do okay and trust me I'm not bad about you idiots and what you're doing I just didn't expect that and I wasn't prepared and I don't know what to say I said what can I do and he said nothing his stomach hurts and I said what's wrong and he said no I feel like I'm dying and I was like okay um what hurts and he's like everything I just really feel like I'm dying so listen this is for you I'm Crystal You're lucky that's all I can think of. You're so stupid. That's what I want you to know. And I hope you save this video for the rest of your life. Elizabeth says, now, is this the type of post that the defendant would make on her stories? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and to your knowledge, about how many stories on average would the defendant post every single day? And I said, I don't know the number. I don't know the number. And then the judge says, that was the answer. And I said, I don't know the number. The judge says, just wait for the next question, okay? And then Elizabeth said, now at this point, when this post had been made, had you received any contact from the company that you had been interviewing with about the job that you had been interviewing for? And I said, no, I never heard from them again once this started. Elizabeth said, and at this point, when this post was made, did you have a job at any point? And I said, no, not when this post was made. Elizabeth said, now let's look at a post that was made the next day by the defendant. I'll turn the court and counsel to what was previously admitted as Exhibit 3. 
This post was made by defendant on her Facebook page on November 17th of 2020. Can you please read the first blocked quote on the screen? And I said, and no, Crystal, I didn't get a cease and desist letter. I'm still waiting to hear from that attorney you told H you went to see right after you walked out. Oh, excuse me, attorneys. She thought it was weird that you said that as well. Not weird enough to stop you from stalking me, but nonetheless. Elizabeth said, now at any point, had you been stalking the defendant? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, at any point, had you been criminally charged or convicted of stalking the defendant? And I said, no, nor have I ever been criminally charged or convicted of any crime. Elizabeth said, can you read the second blocked quote in this post? And I said, and is that the crystal that you show your family or do they know you're bat profanity crazy? I cannot imagine that your husband would condone your behavior and I just really do not know how you're explaining this to him. I mean, girl, I got receipts for days and we barely scratched the surface. Elizabeth said, the beginning of this post, how did that make you feel? And I said, again, very humiliated, very upset, calling out my family, that my husband would condone this behavior that she's accusing me of, that I never did, but that my husband would think less of me, that my family, my children might think I'm crazy. Like this is, it was very upsetting. Elizabeth said, and at this point between these two days, had you sought help from a therapist? And I said, what was the date on this? And she said, November 17th. And I said, not yet. It was soon after. I'm sorry, I can't remember the date. And then Elizabeth said, now you can read the first blocked quote on this page. And I said, I have eight and a half years worth of comments to make. Do you hide the crazy on Sunday? Because my friends go to church that I went to, too. And I need to know if I need to warn them asking for a friend truly. And then she specifically names two people and says, y'all stay safe out there. You know, she always says she knows where to bury a body in Wise County. Also shared that text with the popo. Elizabeth said, now, as you stated earlier, your church is the church that you attend. And I said, that's correct. Elizabeth said, do you attend church with your family every Sunday? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and after this post was made, did you continue to attend church with your family on Sundays? And I said, no, not for almost a couple of months, I think. One of the very first things that my therapist asked me to do was, you need to just go back to church because I was afraid to leave the house. When we did go, we went to the 830 service because nobody gets up that early. Also, we did wear masks because COVID was still very much. And so I felt a little protected in that regard. Elizabeth said, and can you read the second statement on this page? And I said, and P.S., you don't get a cease and desist letter when you're telling the truth. Ask those attorneys. And I don't have to shut up because you are a lying stalker and everyone sees it. But I also don't care about you or what you think. Elizabeth says, and to your knowledge, were any letters, any type of cease and desist letter sent to the defendant? And I said, at the time of this post, and Elizabeth said, after this post, I said, yes, 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 many. Elizabeth said, to your knowledge, how many letters were sent to the defendant to retract her statements that had been made? And I said, eight. Elizabeth said, now, can you read the first post on this page as well? And I said, you don't fixate on someone for seven years, post on the internet that you want to ruin their life and then set out to do it and not be crazy. Elizabeth said, now again, as you've stated to the jury, you first met the defendant in 2015 and this statement was made in 2020. And I said, correct. Yes, correct. Yes. Elizabeth says, okay. And at any point before you met the defendant, had you known anything about her before that day at Chi Omega Christmas of 2015? And I said, no, only that I had seen the name on a baseball jersey. And I only remembered that because my mom made a funny comment. That's it. Elizabeth said, had you posted anything about defendant or her company before 2015? And I said, no, nowhere, not on my social media, not anywhere. No. Elizabeth says, now, can you read the first box statement on this page? And I said, any other questions, socks for Africa? Or are you Saint from the trailer park today? Texas princess, your name here, 
Reality G, which one? All? Okay. Elizabeth says, now, what are those kinds of phrases that are in there, such as socks for Africa? And I said, these are usernames that post on Gomi. And Elizabeth said, and are you behind any of these usernames that she has posted here? And I said, no, I have no accounts on Gomi. I've never had an account on Gomi and I have never posted on Gomi or Reddit. Elizabeth says, and can you read the bottom quote on this page? And I said, as for you, no, ma'am, you're irrelevant. The kind of people your parents warn you about, the kind you only see in Lifetime movies, single white female crazy with no way to justify what you're doing or saying, zero. Elizabeth says, now go back to the previous comment. How did you find out about these Gomi accounts, these Gomi blog posts? And I said that those were Gomi blog posts. I had seen them on there when the defendant had gone on a trip to Africa. I cannot recall the date. While she was gone, there were people who made horrible Instagram accounts that were upset about her big game hunting, things like that, that were talking about her. There was also a post on Gomi by the owner of the site, and these people commented on that. I was horrified when that happened and tried to contact the defendant immediately. She was in Africa, and I was trying to help her with that. But that's when I first saw those names. Then Elizabeth said, and what is the name of the owner of the Gomi website? And I said, Alice. Elizabeth said, and again, to your knowledge, at that point in time, were you behind any of the posts that were being made about defendant big game hunting out in Africa? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, now, can you please read the blocked quote on this screen? And I said, and remember, it's not slander if it's true. And I can always prove it or I'd never risk my trash castle on it. Elizabeth said, and so far in the three posts that have been made by defendant, have any of those statements been true to your knowledge? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, now, after this post on November 17th of 2020, well, excuse me, now we're going to read some of the comments that were made by the defendant on this post. Can you please read this comment as well? And I said, I don't want to give away too much, but they were able to find posts that Crystal had made when we were literally not even in Texas, and she was typing literally two feet in front of me, no joke. I pray that I actually get to sit in a courtroom with them one day because I would love to be able to show surveillance video of her sitting at that table in front of me while she's typing about me on this website. Elizabeth said, now have you seen any surveillance video of you allegedly typing on this website? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, now we'll move to the next comment made by the defendant. Can you please read this comment as well? And I said, but they were literally tormenting me. They were telling me everything it was saying at night and they were it. Then Elizabeth says, now, would you typically talk to the defendant about the Gomi posts that were being made about her? And I said, I did not. Elizabeth said, who would? And I said, another employee. And I was referencing H here. Elizabeth says, okay. And were they the ones that kind of brought Gomi to the defendant's attention to your knowledge? And I said, that person would read the blog and tell not only the defendant, but also me what they were saying. We often laugh about it and made fun of it, but I did not. I did not read it and report to the defendant. Elizabeth says, now the next quote, will you please read the next quote made by the defendant? And I said, thank you so much. And I do believe that it makes me feel good that I know that law enforcement believes me as well and that they don't think I'm this kind of person. I'm no perfect human. That's for sure. But I have never been ugly to either of these people. And they know that, which is why they deleted the text messages. Those would immediately show you how kind I was. Elizabeth Elizabeth says, and at the bottom of the screen, there is a comment made by one of the defendant's followers. Is that right? And I said, yes. And Elizabeth said, and this type of comment that's made by this person, was that a typical comment that would be made by her followers? And I said, yes, mild. Elizabeth says, now please read the highlighted text on this screen as well. And I said, my goal isn't really to shut that site down or pursue her. I just want these two profanity holes to have to admit what they've done and admit that I never, ever deserved it one time. Elizabeth said, in terms 
terms of this post or this specific comment that was made, to your knowledge, was it referring to the GOMI website? And I said, this post or this comment is in direct response to someone above asking, is Reddit the same as GOMI? Elizabeth said, can you please read this comment as well? And I said, and by picking up, I mean that Crystal is going over there to talk about me instead. Can you just imagine the time it takes to log in and out of these places? I've had to change my passwords like every day since all this, and I can barely keep up. Elizabeth says, to your knowledge, what is this comment referring to? And I said, she was again commenting to the same person about GOMI and Reddit. Elizabeth said, can you read this comment as well? And I said, she needs to start telling people that I'm not in credit card debt, so it's not slander. But she likes to make things up, so guess what? I like to talk to attorneys. But that's why the whole thing never bothered me. I knew about this for years, but when it's not true, I don't care. But I do care when you talk about my child or my dad. That's where I draw the line. Elizabeth said, these blog posts on GOMI or Reddit, would they mention the defendant's child or her father? And I said, apparently. Elizabeth said, and were you making any posts on GOMI about the defendant's child or her father? And I said, no, I have never posted on GOMI or Reddit or have an account on GOMI. Elizabeth says, can you please read this top comment as well? And I said, I know it dates back so far. She was literally talking about me for years before I ever even knew who she was. Elizabeth said, and did you ever mention on any social media site before 2015 the defendant or her business? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, now throughout all of these posts that have been made, did you ever respond on Facebook to the defendant? And I said, no. Then Elizabeth says, when all of these posts were being made on Instagram, were you ever responding to the defendant? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, would you respond in any sort of Facebook comment? And I said, no. I never addressed this ever anywhere in my social media. I only had social media until I believe November 18th, which is five days after this started. I, to this day, do not have have my social media accounts. I don't even have the apps on my phone. No. The only time that I've ever gone back to Facebook or Instagram was to retrieve messages that were requested during this lawsuit process. Elizabeth said, and never having contacted the defendant, you've never said anything mean to her that would warrant any sort of retaliation on Facebook. And I said, no. Elizabeth says, you never said anything to her that would warrant any retaliation on Instagram. And I said, no, Elizabeth says. Now, after this post was made on November 17th, how did your life change after that? And I said, this is at the point when I shut my social media down so that people could not find my pictures easily of myself or my children and my family. Around this time, my neighbor who worked at my son's school, the school that was across the street from the defendant's business, came home and came over and said, and then the defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, what the neighbor said is hearsay. Judge says response. Elizabeth says, Your Honor, we're not offering it for the truth of the statement. We're simply offering it to show that these statements did in fact affect Crystal's community and her reputation in the community. The judge says, I need to hear the statement before I can rule on that. Go ahead and tell us what was said. And I said, he said that the other employees at the school were asking about my son's mom. The judge says, all right, sustain the objection, which means that the jury should disregard what I said. The judge says, all right, sustain the objection, disregard the last answer. Elizabeth says, now after these posts, did the defendant make any other posts in 2020? And I said, yes. And then Elizabeth said, turning the court and counsel's attention to what has previously been admitted as exhibit four, which is multiple statements that were posted on different accounts owned by the defendant and her company on December 27th of 2020. Can you please read this statement that was made? 
And I said, unfortunately, we've had some creepers that we're all too familiar with messaging customers. I sure wish those two girls would find something else to do with their time. Elizabeth said, at any point after you stopped working for the defendant, did you ever message the defendant's customers with anything negative to say about the defendant? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, did you ever message her customers about her business? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and why was that? And I said, when I left on September 2nd, I didn't tell anyone outside the company that I had left. I didn't want to stir up drama. And so the following, I'm going to say week or so, as was customary, people were still assuming that I worked there and messaged me some customer service type questions. And I answered them as best I could. There was one that I just said, I'm sorry, I can't answer this. I'm not there anymore. And that's all that I said, because it wasn't my, I didn't want to say anything negative. I didn't want to make drama. And professionally speaking, whenever the defendant wanted to disclose that I wasn't there anymore, that was her business, literally her company. So I answered them as best I could. And then that was about it. Elizabeth said, and this post that's on your screen, what account was that made from? And then I said the account and it was the business account. And Elizabeth said, and is that the business's specific account on Facebook? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and to your knowledge, who runs the defendant's business Facebook page? And I said, the defendant posts on it, but also at least when I work there, certain employees have access to post on it as well. At this point in time, the judge says, all right, let's take a break. We'll be in recess until about 3.40 p.m. Then we took a break from 3.23 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. And then he says, all right, thank you. Please be seated. We're continuing with the direct examination of Mrs. Wrighton. You may go ahead. Elizabeth says, now, Miss Wrighton, before we took a break, we pulled up exhibit, I believe, four that has been previously admitted. It's a December 27th, 2020 post. Now, this particular statement that was made, how did you know that it was about you? And I said, in the previous post exhibits that we've seen and also others that we haven't, the defendant had carried on this narrative story, claims about me. And so that's how I determined that was likely about me too. Elizabeth said, between November 17th 2020 and December 27th of 2020, were there any other posts that were written about you that we haven't shown the jury today? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and how often during that time period was the defendant posting these claims and statements about you? And I said, sometimes every day, every other day, multiple times in a day, very frequently. Elizabeth says, now in the same exhibit where you're looking at a post that was made on the defendant's Facebook account on the same day of December 27, 2020. Can you please read the first boxed statement that was made? And I said, people that H and Crystal would keep me from. That has been the biggest positive. Never let someone with no friends tell you who to be friends with. Elizabeth says, and in your time that you worked for the defendant, did you ever tell her that she couldn't be friends with certain people? And I said, not to my knowledge. Elizabeth says, and can you please read the second box quote on the screen? And I said, we know now that they both have profiles and I never should have listened to either of them. Noted. Ew. So embarrassing for them, but whatever. Anyway, that's the devil's work and the Lord's problem now. Elizabeth said, and what did you take this statement to mean? And I said that she was claiming that I and another employee had profiles on Gomi and Reddit. And then Elizabeth said, for these slides that we're passing, was all of this part of that same post? And I said, yes. And then Elizabeth said, I will turn to another post that was made by the defendant on December 27th of 2020. Do you recognize this post? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and were these slides that we're going through all part of one post on December 27th? And I said, yes. By the way, this is the really, really long post that was made on December 27th that she's referring to. Then Elizabeth says, can you please read the box quote on this slide? And I said, only after the younger one blamed the old one for so much did I realize that it was intentional. Elizabeth says, and what did you take this statement to mean? And I said that she was claiming that another employee had blamed me for what she's accusing me of and that it was intentional 
intentional on my part. Elizabeth says, and how did you know that this post was about you? And I said, again, this post summarizes in a very lengthy way the narrative that she had began posting on November the 13th. Elizabeth said, and did she typically use these kind of nicknames for yourself and the other employee that she was accusing? And I said, I believe this is the first time that she had called me the old one or the older one and another employee, the younger one. Elizabeth said, were there any other sort of nicknames that she would use to describe yourself or the other employee? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, what were those? And I said, I was called Lucifer, the devil, Satan, old lady stalking sidekick, lying stalker, crazy, psychopath, hate-filled, disgusting psychopath. It's a lot. I'm sorry. I don't know all of them. It's a lot. Elizabeth said, and to your knowledge at this point, these posts were being made by the defendant on her page, and it was open to everybody who followed her. And I said, these are public. You can see by the globe, what's that called? The little icon that it is a public post. Elizabeth said, and what does it mean when it's public? And I said, anybody can see it in the world. You don't even have to have a Facebook account to see them. Elizabeth said, now again, these slides that we're going through were all part of one post. And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, can you please read the box segment of this post? And I said, she didn't. She was the crazy, her and her old lady stalking sidekick. Elizabeth says, and this is another one of the nicknames that she gave you in these posts that she would make. And I said, apparently, yes. Elizabeth said, can you please read this box comment? And I said, not only was the person talking someone I knew, they had multiple accounts and were logging in and out to talk to themselves, more than 10 accounts of the exact same person. Elizabeth said, and how did you know this post was about you? And I said, this is the same post with the same narrative, only this time, instead of saying my name, Crystal or Crystal Wrighton or Crystal Lynn, which is my middle name, which is in another post, she is talking in more generalities. Elizabeth said, can you please read the first statement on the sheet to the left? And I said, but two of my most valuable and definitely the closest people to me in my entire life are responsible for so many of the words on that website. And the worst part was one of them had been talking about me in the most hateful ways for years before I ever met her or hired her. Elizabeth said, now, what did you take this comment to mean? And I said, that this is directed towards me, again, the same narrative that I had been writing about her on these places before I met her. Elizabeth said, can you please read the second quote that's on the right of the screen? And I said, one of them started writing about me several years before I met her. She would comment on what I was doing on almost a daily basis. And then, because I've never really paid attention to the blog, I hired her to run my company. Elizabeth says, and how did you know this statement was about you? And I said, once again, it's the same post, same narrative, only further down in the post. Elizabeth said, now, how did you come to find out about this post, about this post that was made. And I said, a part of my legal team captures these things and it's sent to me for review. Elizabeth said, so you were never the one to actually screenshot all of these posts. And I said, no, as I've stated, I shut down all of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, November 18th of 2020. And I have not reactivated those with the exception of gathering the evidence that was requested in this lawsuit. I do not view these things in the original state myself. These are sent to me by my legal team. And Elizabeth said, okay, and because of the globe icon on this post, this post is available to be viewed by anyone on the internet. And I said, correct. Elizabeth said, can you please read the first box quote on the left? And I said, I've had potential employees not accept the position because of stuff they've read on that awful website. I have had the same people from that website message my child directly and say horrible things to him. I've had the same people posting on that website message my customers and tell them our wholesale prices. Elizabeth says, at any point that you were either acquaintances with the defendant, friends with her, or working for her, 
her, were you messaging her child and saying horrible things to him? And I said, no, never. Her child was friendly with my son. No. Elizabeth says, and at any point, were you messaging her customers telling them about her wholesale prices? And I said, absolutely not. And then Elizabeth said, and at any point on Gomi, was it posted about, did somebody post about her wholesale prices? And I said, I have since seen an article posted by the owner of Gomi in 2017, I think, that listed some wholesale prices for the defendant's clothing. Elizabeth said, and at this point, you were not the one to write that post. And I said, I have never written a post on Gomi. Additionally, I did not start working for the defendant until 2019. I would not have had knowledge of that information, nor just as a professional would I ever share that kind of information. No. Elizabeth says, can you please read the second statement on this screen, the bottom right? And I said, but most of all, I had the main two people posting on that website with their multiple profiles that they log in and out of and talk to themselves and answer. Elizabeth says, and what did you believe this post to mean? And I said, it's part of the same post that she was referring to me claiming that I have multiple profiles on this Gomi website and that I would log in and out and say horrible things about her. Elizabeth says, now, since we've gotten through about half of the posts so far, have any of the statements that have been made so far in this post been true? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, can you please read the top quote on the left? And I said, their own questions as my top two employees and the people I trusted the most. Then Elizabeth says, and then you can read the other statement on the screen to the right. And I said, imagine every day you come to work, the people you trust the most are telling you that you are losing thousands of followers on social media because of your political posts, only to find out from Instagram that someone logged into our own account and was manually removing these followers, them. Elizabeth says, have you ever removed followers from her Instagram account? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, have you ever removed followers from the store's Instagram account? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, can you please read the first statement on the screen. And I said, they would mention things about my relationships and conversations with other people so that it looked like those people were the ones typing, but there was always a little bit left out. I only now realized the part that was left out was the part that I didn't repeat to my staff. Elizabeth says, and what did you take this statement to mean? And I said, she was claiming, it's my understanding, that things posted on the Gomi website were conversations that she had had with myself, another employee, and that it was posted on the website. Elizabeth says, can you please read the statement that was on the screen. And I said, I realized that they were definitely trying to set up other people to make it look like they were the one doing this. Innocent people, people I had stepped away from because they made me think it could be them. This has been going on for literally over seven years. Elizabeth says, and how long have you known the defendant? And I said, since 2015 in the fall, so not quite seven years now. Elizabeth said, and at any point did you tell the defendant that these Gomi posts could have been about other people? And I said, no, no. Elizabeth said, can you please read this quote that's on the screen? And I said, I now know that their mission was to ruin my life and I quote, watch my house of cards fall. Elizabeth says, now when you began your acquaintanceship and then friendship and then business relationship with the defendant at any point, was your mission to ruin her life? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, can you please read this text that's on the screen? And I said, their goal was to torment me so much that I would stop getting on the internet and stop posting and I would stop making money and then I would lose my brand new home. She said it a million times on that website. Elizabeth says, again, in your acquaintanceship, friendship, and then business relationship with the defendant, was your goal ever to torment her at any point? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, when you were working for the defendant, were you actively trying to destroy her business? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, and again, these slides that we're skipping through are all part of the same posts from December 27th of 2020. 
2020? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, can you please read this quote that is in the box? And I said, they tried to frame other employees. One of them deleted the other person's text messages out of my phone. They accessed my iCloud without my permission. Elizabeth says, did you ever delete any text messages from the defendant's phone? And I said, no, never. Elizabeth said, did you ever access her iCloud without permission? And I said, no, never. Elizabeth says, so far, going through these posts, are any of these statements that she has made about you true? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, will you please read the first box quote on the left? And I said, that data never goes away, friends. They accessed more than 100,000 photos from my phone, 100K. They had five total devices signed into my iCloud, and text messages and photos were on those devices. Sickening, I know. Elizabeth says, did you ever have any devices that were signed into the defendant's iCloud? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, can you please read the second quote on the screen. And I said, and they still keep talking. Now it's mainly the old one who has stalked me for years, posting things to make it look like it's the other one. She constantly diverts from herself and brings up the other person's name. Elizabeth says, and what did you believe the statement to mean? And I said, the old one is referring to me because again, it's the same narrative, same post, and that I was trying to divert the attention to another employee. Elizabeth says, Okay, and which employee would that be? And I said, H. Elizabeth says, will you please read what this statement says? And I said, I will not hide. I will not be quiet. No matter what injunction you ask for to shut me up from telling my truth. If it's free speech for you to lie about me on the internet for almost a decade or to lie to your families or lie to the police, it's definitely free speech for me to tell the truth that I am living. Elizabeth says, and what did you believe this post to mean? And I said, again, this is referring to me. And she is claiming that everything she is saying is the truth and that it is free speech. Elizabeth said, and at this point, to your knowledge, have any of these statements that she has made since November 13th of 2020, have they been true? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, would you please read this statement? And I said, this is what you do need to know. I will not pay a dime to anyone, but I will collect a judgment. I never expect to see a penny from any of this, but the ability to defend myself and tell the truth is the only paycheck I'll ever need. Their mugshots would be icing on the cake. Elizabeth says, and by mugshots, do you think she was meaning that you had committed a criminal act? Then the defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, that calls for speculation as to what my client was or wasn't thinking. The judge says, sustain. Elizabeth says, Miss Wrighton, how do you typically get a mug shot? And I said, if you commit a crime. Elizabeth says, and at this point in time, on December 27th of 2020, had you committed any crimes against the defendant? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, will you please read this statement? And I said, but now I realize that she left because she thought I found out about her being a troll on the hate blog. Elizabeth says, and what did you believe this statement meant? And I said that it was again referring to me and talking about when I quit. And she was accusing or alleging that I found out about or that I thought that she found out about me being on a hate blog. And that's why I quit. Elizabeth said, can you please read the first statement on the page to the left? And I said, and as soon as she found out that I didn't know, I'm sure me telling the young one at home every day that I wondered how she was doing and I should go check on her, gave her the confidence she needed to keep talking. So she hasn't stopped and I don't see it. So I don't care. Elizabeth said, and what did you believe? that this statement meant. And I said, again, referring to me, the same post, same narrative that I was posting about her on these blogs. And I take this to mean that the younger employee, she was telling the younger employee that she was concerned about me or something and that she thought that I was gaining confidence because she didn't quote unquote know that I was talking on these hate blogs. Elizabeth says, at any point between November 13th and December 27th of 2020, have you heard from the defendant without these posts? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, have you contacted the defendant at any point between November 13th and December 27th of 2020? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, can you please read the second statement on this side at the bottom right? And I said, we've had our security system breached and videos deleted and recovered.
Elizabeth said, now, have you ever hacked into the defendant's security system? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, have you ever deleted any security videos she may have had on her phone or her iCloud? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, did you ever have access to her security system or delete any of these photos? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, will you please read this statement at the bottom? And I said, I know being a psychotic, manipulative human isn't a crime. It's disgusting and all the proof that I needed to never give a profanity about either of them again. Elizabeth says, and can you please read this post? And I said, they like to post that I must be obsessed with them and that's why I keep talking about it. Yet they post what I'm doing in every single detail just about every day. Elizabeth says, and in your relationship with the defendant, this friendship that y'all had formed, did she live her life publicly on the internet? And I said, she lived her life very publicly on the internet. She has stated as such. She posted all of the time. On some of the videos that we've watched that are Instagram stories, you can see at the top, there are small dashes and that is indicative of how many stories have been posted that day on her Instagram. She posted, I mean, so many details online all the time. Elizabeth said, and these people that are posting on Gomi, could they have gotten this information that they post from her social media? And I said, I assume I can't say what they have and haven't seen because I am not any of them, but I have seen the defendant post her life almost every detail for years since I've started following her on social media. Elizabeth says, can you please read this box quote? And I said, you don't treat someone that well and then find out they betrayed you on this level for that many years and it not bother you at all. Elizabeth says, and can you please read this statement in the box quote? And I said, but since then, I've learned that these two had a lot to say about me and opinions that I never even knew they had, and they definitely enjoyed sharing them with others. Elizabeth said, and how did you know that this post or this statement was about you? And I said, it's in the same post, the same narrative. It's just a different way of saying it. Elizabeth said, and can you please read this boxed quote? And I said, disgusting that must feel to say out loud that you are knowingly trying to destroy my life. And I think y'all love me and are protecting me the whole time. It's a sickness that I can't even understand. And then Elizabeth said, and at any point during your acquaintanceship with the defendant, your friendship with her, your business relationship with her, were you ever trying to destroy her life? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, can you please read this statement? And I said, I think about the other troll and how much I valued her. I used to tell her she was worth a million rubies. I gave her a ruby crown. She collects them. She always wears them. And then she has the audacity to make fun of me on that blog for owning crowns. Sister, where do you think I got the idea? You know, that just makes you look more crazy, right? Elizabeth says, and can you tell the members of the jury what a troll is to your knowledge? And I said, an internet troll is someone who comments negative things on people's posts or makes fun of somebody on their social media posts. Yeah, I guess that's how I would describe an internet troll. Elizabeth says, and in this post, she makes reference to crowns. What is she talking about? And I said, I take that to mean that she is referring to me because I do have lots of crowns. I like them. She knew that I liked them. You know, if you're ever having a bad day, just put one on and it makes your day better. And so that's always kind of been my thing. And so this is a direct reference to me in my opinion. Elizabeth says, can you please read this statement? And I said, show a bank I'm thriving and I have to keep paying this $3,300 a month insurance for my dad. The old one keeps saying that's a lie too, but the authorities have my monthly statements and she was logged into my personal bank account. So she knows otherwise. Elizabeth says, 
while you were working with the defendant, what kind of access did you have to the store's bank account? And I said, I had access to view it. Around March of 2020, I took on additional responsibilities with my job. At the time, the defendant was unhappy with her CPA. And given my experience with operations and accounting, she asked me to do bookkeeping for her and kind of take that over. And so I did. And so I had access to view and download transactions from the bank account into QuickBooks, was the software that we used for accounting, from the credit card and code them accordingly in our bookkeeping system. And I did find a lot of mistakes that the CPA had made. And so I validated her concern and I gave her specific examples of things that I saw that were coded incorrectly that would negatively impact her financial statements, which I was very passionate about because at the time she was trying to secure a mortgage on her home. And so I was helping her in all of the ethical legal ways that I could to clean up those books, to help her correct all of those mistakes so that her finances would look healthy and not be incorrect. Elizabeth says, and while you were also working for the defendant, were you given access to her personal bank account? And I said, it was tied to her business account, I think. There was a personal account. I don't know if it's the one that she used all of the time, but yes, there was a personal bank account. Elizabeth says, and because you could only view the store's bank account, was it the same that you could only view her personal bank account? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, so you could not make any changes on her personal bank account? And I said, no, not to my knowledge. Elizabeth said, and again, these slides that we're going through are still part of the same post on December 27th of 2020. Can you please read the statement to the jury? And I said, as you sit in hiding, only talking to each other because nobody else believes you, feeding lies to your family who, just like you said, already called one of you the fakest person they know and the other one who has a family questioning if she was a troll in a hate blog. Elizabeth said, and how did you know that this statement was about you? And I said, same posting narrative. And she also named me by name in another post where she said that my daughter said that I was the fakest person that she had ever known. And we read that earlier today. Elizabeth said, can you please read this quote as well? And I said, and I can promise you, I will sell every single thing I own to make sure that I defend myself, that I don't quit because I get tired of fighting, that I don't throw in the towel. I'll sell lemonade on the sidewalk before I let either one of you try to destroy someone else's life for a paycheck. You said she'll eventually get tired and just quit fighting back, but that's where you're wrong. Elizabeth said, and to your knowledge today, has the defendant stopped posting about these claims that she's making about you? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, and can you please read this statement? And I said, don't get me wrong. I definitely look around for you two psychos when I go places because statistically one in four stalking cases results in violence and I'm no idiot. You don't stalk someone for that many years and then just simply walk away. And clearly your ego is too big to make you stop posting. I just don't read it. Elizabeth said, and again, as we're going through this post, at this point, have any of these statements in this post been true to your knowledge? knowledge. And I said, no. Elizabeth said, can you please read this statement? And I said, to not lay down and take it so I can move on, to not be quiet. I can move on from you both and still tell my story. And you can keep asking a judge to make me stop talking, having never picked up your phone and asking me yourselves. Elizabeth said, and can you please read this statement? And I said, my entire website is 60% off and I don't know when I'm going to stop that sale. I guess when I feel like I've earned enough money for attorney's fees to make sure you two never victimize someone again. Elizabeth said, and at this point in time, why had you never contacted the defendant? And I said, I did not feel that it would be productive because this was very outlandish. I certainly wasn't going to respond on social media because I feel like, and I'm not trying to be offensive, but I feel like that's a little bit immature. What I did was contact my attorney and say, how do we make this stop? I remember saying, please, what can we do? Please, how does this stop? And the answer was, we file a lawsuit. And I thought, okay, whatever, just something to make it stop. And that did not work. Elizabeth said, can you please read this box quote for us? 
And I said, I never had any idea that the person repeating it to me was also the person who was writing it for years, y'all, years. Elizabeth said, what did you believe this statement meant? And I said, this was again, the same post, same narrative. So it appears that this one is, and I concluded that this one was about me as well. Elizabeth says, and can you please read this quote as well? And I said, instead of spending it on new inventory or upgrades to my warehouse or my personal paycheck or my Christmas bonus, I'm going to fight back. And I'm going to make sure that you two never do this to someone else because just like I told one of them as we were sitting in my attorney friend's office, God forbid she, I didn't know then it was them together at the time, but God forbid she do this to someone not as tough. Elizabeth said, and in the post that the defendant had made, both of the ones that we're talking about here today and the ones that we have not shown, was it typical of the defendant to put sales or to put the subscription box in these posts? And I said, yes, there were many times when that occurred. Elizabeth said, and can you please read the top left quote? And I said, I was so proud to have such loyal people around me, never knowing they were literally trying to destroy me on a daily basis for years. Elizabeth says, and what did you think this quote meant? And I said, same post, same narrative, same statement that she has accused me of before trying to destroy her. So this must be about me. Elizabeth said, can you please read the bottom right quote? And I said, so when you shop today, please know you're not lining my pockets. It's a 60% off sale. You can do the math. This isn't a hugely profitable sale. You're not paying for my fancy house. I did that already. Elizabeth said, now in this particular statement, what did you believe she was doing here? And I said, she was, as we've read, posting about all of this narrative that these employees, me being one of them, specifically me, trying to ruin her forever and imploring her followers to shop with her so that she could earn enough money to fight back. She literally said that in the previous slide with attorney's fees. Elizabeth said, and can you please read this quote that is boxed on the screen? And I said, you're not paying retail or anywhere near it. You're helping me fight back for what's right. And that is the truth. Elizabeth said, and again, what did you believe this statement meant? And I said, at the very end of this post where she is sharing this narrative that she formulated about me, employing her followers, letting them know when you shot my sale, you're helping me fight back for the truth. And Elizabeth said, and after that post, had she made any other posts after December 27th of 2020? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and to your knowledge, were those posts made on Facebook? And I said, among other platforms, yes. Elizabeth said, were these posts made on Instagram? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, were these posts made multiple times a day? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and even after December 27th, and even after this lawsuit had been filed, was she continuing with the constant stream of these statements on social media? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and at any point, did you try to ask her to stop? And I said, through my attorneys, yes. We sent retraction letters lining out every statement that was false and asked, please retract these statements. Elizabeth said, now, did these statements that were made, did they also include videos, much like the first video that we watched? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, turning the court and counsel's attention to what has been previously admitted as Exhibit 5 in this statement that was made by the defendant, I believe, on June 3rd of 2021 on Facebook. And then I'm dealing with, you know, Captain Crazy. Or when they do something wrong and they make it seem like it's someone else and then they like, I can't do anything to defend myself except for sue them back. And I don't want to sue them back. I'm going to go to prison. So anyways, I hope you send me a letter because um, I don't care because I'm not going to shut up or pay. And so anyways, I just think, what is 
anything to be doing to somebody when they're already going through this. Like, how do you sleep at night? You're disgusting, lying to your family. Elizabeth says, now in this video post, she mentions, send me another letter. What is she referring to in that situation? And I said, seemingly the retraction letters. And by this date, there had to have been multiple retraction letters that we would send. Elizabeth said, and how did you come to know about this post that had been made about you? And I said, it was sent to me by my legal team. Elizabeth said, and how did you know that this video post was about you? And I said, because it's the same narrative, some of the exact same words that were used in prior posts where I was named, and then the other posts where I was referred to as the old one. It's the same narrative. Elizabeth said, in any of the statements in this particular video clip, were any of those true? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, and the box at the top of this video with a number in it, what is that? And I said, how many people are watching this live video at the time of this recording? Elizabeth said, and how many people were watching this live video at that time? And I said, 85. Elizabeth said, well, these lives that she would make, about how long would these live videos be on average? And I said, typically at least an hour. Oftentimes, if the platform would cut her off, because sometimes Instagram or Facebook will do that after you've been live for a certain amount of time, she would go live right again after that. And so sometimes two to two and a half hours long. Elizabeth said, and in these live videos, was she making multiple statements about you? And I said, yes, over and over again. Elizabeth said, here's another video, part of the same live video on June 3rd of 2021. You know what's good though? It's nice to be able to speak freely because I can't imagine being those two little mongrels and having to the mongrels and their little two minions who copy everything I say I can't imagine being them and then having to like hide under fake names and be ugly about people on the internet all day like I literally never say anything but positive things to people on the internet and it truly genuinely makes me feel better Elizabeth said, and in this post, how do you know it was about you? And I said, it's in the same video where she had just said the same words that she had said before. This time, I guess, referring to me as a racial slur, but it is always the same narrative. Elizabeth said, and can you please read the top comment on this video? And I said, you were one of the meanest girls on the internet. Someone by the user profile, Rachel Green, had posted that. Elizabeth said, and here is another video from the same post on June 3rd of 2021. Really? I literally try not to be mean to anybody ever, literally ever. Even when people are like mad at a restaurant, I try to defuse it. But that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. Um, and you can bring light to this whole crazy situation. Yeah, it is nuts. It is crazy. I don't care who says, listen, I knew for years that there was something crazy going on online and I never looked at it or nothing, but I also never expected it to be someone who was in my house constantly or somebody who was in my inner circle or the person I trusted more than my husband. Like you never expect that. Elizabeth says, now, how did you know that these comments were about you? And I said, the comments about being in her house a lot as part of my job, I would go to her house and meet with her. Additionally, she would interchangeably talk about me and another employee being people that she trusted the most in the world. And also, this is the same video with the same narrative. And Elizabeth says, in another video from the same post on June 3rd of 2021. But, oh, Jake from State Farm, please shut up. Don't make me say your name out loud and get another freaking paper from your stupid attorney. You just shut your mouth. Like, I'm literally not going to deal with you. You're literally who I'm... You, God, shut up. <laughs> stupid. This is a little bit of my karma. <laughs> if this were karma, you'd be in prison. <laughs> stupid. Oh, God. 
Anyways, I didn't know you're here. Hide live video from you. Bye bye. <laughs> Stupid. Oh God. Anyways, now that she has to hop on another profile, which is apparently her specialty. And Elizabeth says, now, who is the account Jake from State Farm? And I said, I have no idea. Elizabeth said, are you behind that account? And I said, no, no. Elizabeth says, in this video, do you believe, defendant believes that you are Jake from State Farm? And I said, yes, I do. Elizabeth says, and again, referencing, don't make me ask your attorneys to make me send you another letter. What is that in reference to? And I said, that would be in reference to the retraction letters that we had sent her. Elizabeth says, now, since this post was made on June 3rd of 2021, between December 27th of 2020, which was the last Facebook post that we had just read, and this post on June 3rd, 2021, has the defendant stopped making these untrue statements about you? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, have you asked her to stop making these statements at any point between December 27th of 2020 and June 3rd of 2021? And I said, I believe by this time, multiple times, multiple retraction letters. Elizabeth says, another video from the same post post of June 3rd, 2021. Yeah, Jake got blocked from the video. Jake can go far, far away. <laughs> that stuff will blow my mind forever. See, I think that kind of stuff, too. I wish somebody would ever just come over and say something. You know, like, everybody, not everybody, because people are so nice. Literally, like, if we all know where you recognize the trolls by their names, like, clearly, um, they're not out as much as they are. Elizabeth says, how did you know that these statements were about you? And I said, same video. She is also saying, we know who they are. She had made by this time, the narrative made it clear that she thinks that it's me and another employee. And also she's acknowledging that her followers would seemingly know that too, because she says, we know, we know who it is. Elizabeth says, and can you please tell us what the view count on this live is now? And I said, 96. Elizabeth says, in another video from June 3rd of 2021. Oh, our two friend, our friendly trolls, they like to make fun of like my emotional state sometimes, which I gotta tell you, uh, considering the amount of medicine that you say that you take, you shouldn't be making fun of anybody. But also, I don't think it's nice to make fun of anybody if they're having like any kind of emotional state of anything. Just FYI, especially when you have children or you have a family members with young daughters. Elizabeth says, and how did you know that these statements were about you? And I said, she's referencing my daughter and my granddaughter. Also, by this time, we had turned over my medical records that stated I had to go on medication because of how this affected me. And she is mocking me in this video. Elizabeth said, and another video from the same post of June 3rd of 2021. That people that I loved so much could be behind something that was so excessively hateful for so long like oh my god or that you just don't ever see it you know Elizabeth says, and again, had you posted any excessively hateful comments about the defendant at any point during the time that you knew her or during the years that you did not know about her? And I said, no. And then Elizabeth says, in another post from the defendant on June 3rd. Hmm. It's nuts. It's nuts, my friends. It really is. You want to see what's nuts? Let me show you. This. You know what this is? This is three months worth 
of hateful comments about me that people I know wrote. Three months worth. That is not the most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your life. <sighs> so stressful. Whatever. I just know the comeback will be better than the setback. That's what they say, and I'm all for a cliche, girl. Then Elizabeth says, and what does that comment mean to you? And I said, she is showing three months worth of comments, presumably on Gomi, and saying that it's the people that she knew earlier in this video. Same narrative. She says it's me and another employee. And she's seemingly showing that, which I've never disputed that these websites are out there. They are horrible. The things that they say are horrible and mean, but it's not me. Elizabeth says, in another video from the June 3rd, 2021 post. It's hard, you know? I don't understand why people are so rude. Not people. Y'all are literally the best. But like, I just don't understand some people. What do you get out of it? Or to like follow people for so long and then go work there just to kind of destroy their life? I don't understand that. You definitely can't let them win, you know? Elizabeth says, what did you think this post meant? And I said, referencing me again with the same narrative of going to work for her and trying to destroy her life. Elizabeth says, when you did get a job with the defendant, did you have the motive to destroy her life? And I said, no, I wanted to help her. I just wanted to help her. Elizabeth says, when you got a job with the defendant's business, did you have the motive to destroy that business? And I said, no, I wanted that business to stick around. It was the first boutique I could ever wear the clothes because of my size. I wanted that to be successful. Elizabeth says, so far in this post have any of the statements that she has made about you been true? And I said, no. Elizabeth says in another video from the June 3rd, 2021 post. Uh, it took you 10 seconds to make a new account, huh? Oh my God. People are nuts. Okay. Also, do you tell your kids you talk to people like that with that mouth? Just asking. Elizabeth says, what did this statement mean to you? And I said, she is assuming, alleging that I made another profile on Instagram to make negative comments and she directly references my children. The defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, to the speculative nature of the response. She says that she's assuming. That is speculation right there. She does not know what was going on in the mind of my client. The judge says, I think the question called for speculation. Elizabeth says, I asked her what she believed that statement meant. The judge says, okay. Defendant's attorney says, and she responded by, she's assuming this, that, and the other, and she cannot know what my client was assuming. That is a speculative response, non-responsive to the question. The judge says, I think it's a lay opinion. Elizabeth says, okay. The judge says, you can cross-examine, go ahead. So here he is saying that if the defendant's attorney wants to address that, then he can whenever he cross-examines me. Elizabeth says, and then the last video that we have from June the 3rd of the 2021 post. Hey, our friend popped on a video tonight. What? You know, our our friends were quick to hop on a video tonight. I blocked them and they came back. Really? Mm-hmm. I know. Man, I'd rather be busy than bored. Elizabeth says, in the they in that post, what did you believe they were? And I said, I believe she's referring to myself and another employee as per her narrative from November up until this point. Elizabeth says, at any point after leaving the defendant's company, did you make any of these so-called troll accounts on Instagram and continue watching the defendant's videos? And I said, absolutely not. As stated, I don't even have Instagram. The app on my phone and all of my Instagram and Facebook social media is shut down. Elizabeth says, and after this statement, after this live video on June 3rd of 2021, did defendant make any other live videos about yourself? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, turning the court and counsel's attention to, I believe, Exhibit 6, which has previously 
previously been admitted and is a live video from August 20th of 2020. Let me tell you, I'm on this camera right now, full aware, full aware that I'm being recorded, but I'm talking to my friends. And if you're not my friend, and if you're recording this because you're suing me for a million dollars right now, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my friends. And I'm not scared to talk to my friends anymore. And part of me not being scared to talk to my friends anymore means that my business is going back to normal. My business that I do know how to run and that I am the boss of and that I do get to make the decisions for becomes exactly what I wanted it to be. Elizabeth says, now what do you believe that statement to mean? And I said, she is directly referencing me suing her in this lawsuit. Elizabeth says, and how did you know that post was about you? And I said, to my knowledge at that point, I was the only person suing her in this lawsuit at that time. And this video, we haven't seen the other slides yet, but it carries on the same narrative. Elizabeth says, and this live video, was it again on average with her with the amount of time that she typically spent on these live videos? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, between June 3rd of 2020 and August 20th of 2020, 2020 had defendant made other statements on videos besides this one. And I said, can you say the dates again? Elizabeth said, yes. So between June 3rd of 2020 and August 20th of 2020, had defendant made more posts about you with these same statements in them? And I said, I'm sorry, do you mean 2021? Elizabeth says, yes. And I said, okay, yes. Elizabeth says, and at any point during that time frame, did she retract any of the statements that she had made up until that point? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, and had you asked her between that time period to retract any of the statements that she had made previously? And I said, yes, with repeated retraction letters. Elizabeth said, and up until then, were any of the statements that the defendant stated on her Instagram or Facebook about you, were any of those true? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, were any of the statements that she made on Facebook or Instagram implying that it was you, were any of those true? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, now after August 20th of 2021, had defendant made any other statements about you? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, I believe this is still statements from August 20th of 2021 in the same live video. So anyways, all these years, I always thought it's so weird that so many people seem so mad at me on the internet. Like, I just don't get it. Like, they're not in my DMs. They're not in real life. People go on a cruise with me. Like, this is so weird. But also, you can't really care about that because you don't know any of those mean people because it never happens to your face. Elizabeth says, now, when she's talking about the them in that video, was she referencing yourself again? And I said, I believe so, yes. And then Elizabeth says, in another video from the same live that was made on August 20th of 2021. And I mean, sometimes it takes you like nine years to figure out that it's not some people. It's not real people. Sometimes it's just a single person multiple times, maybe a couple people multiple times. Elizabeth says, now that scenario, was she again talking about you? And I said, I believe so, because she referenced again the narrative that it's just one or two of us with multiple profiles logging in and out on the same website. Elizabeth says, and again, to your knowledge, was this live video kind of on par with the same time limit that the defendant would make her lives in? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, in another video from this live. Oh, mm, feels good to smile and mean it. Mm. And now I have to do things I did not want to do. <laughs> never. But also never been so confident that that's what I need to do. And it sucks. It sucks so bad. Oh my God, the years. Down the pisser. It sucks so bad. 
honestly. And it sucks that I'm about to bust my ass in this whole holiday season just so I can pay someone to yell for me and that I'm telling the truth. And to uh, really, I mean, ultimately, it's going to go nowhere. There ain't nothing to get. It's definitely ain't millions and nothing from from anywhere else to get. You sue me for a million and I have it. You're just not going to get it, sister. That's why you ain't got it yet. And I would love for you to play this video in court so they can see that my story didn't change. Even however many months from now, what this month is August, I think, our trial set for January. Mm. The craziest thing is, like, telling me to shut up and not talk about it on the internet don't help you. Because if you do that, then, then I stop saying stuff and then you don't have any reason, huh? I think... You know, we're never making it that far, unfortunately. I really wondered how they're going to find 12 women in DFW that don't know about I know that sounds like not humble, but like, I feel like it's just the name you hear once on Facebook and it just scrolls past your brain. And I've been around a decade, sis, even if you don't know what it is, it's kind of like, I think I heard of that, you know, but I don't know. It won't get that far, unfortunately for me, because I would love to sit in front of 12 logical people. Even if you're not logical, or just give me 12 breathing humans. You don't even have to love Jesus. I, I just want to talk to you. And let me just tell you what happened. I'll do it with my eyes closed, no paper, no nothing, no spiral. I don't need no notes. You ain't got to give me a pen. Just tell me where you want me to start. But I'll be damned if you're going to keep me from my internet, friends. That's just not going to happen. Because that's like my happy place. It's what makes me the most happy in the whole world. Not selling stuff, but talking to people on the internet. My friends. They are my friends. They come to my house. If they don't come here, we... FaceTime, if we don't FaceTime, we DM. If we don't DM, we comment. If we don't comment, we like. They are my friends. Y'all did do this. And I'm going to talk about it as much as I damn well please <laughs> to my internet friends that I thought y'all were, but you're not. So that's the thing. Like in America, you definitely get to talk about people behind their backs under false names on the internet. You're allowed to do that. Sucks makes you a real asshole but you're allowed to do that you're even allowed to get a job running the same person's company that you've been talking about or working for them as their tv holder or their clothing steamer or their graphic designer or their babysitter or their nanny or whatever you can do that you can be their dog walker you can be their dishwasher you can do that You can even continue to say whatever you want about them. You can guide their lives. You can give them advice. You can tell them they can trust you. You can infiltrate their lives. Isn't that what you said? You can do that in America. But you know what else is in America? Justice. And eventually, what's done in the dark will come to light. Elizabeth says, what do you believe that this statement meant? And I said that this is, again, about me. This is the same narrative that she has, that the defendant has said before about me getting a job, running their business, and infiltrating their lives. I believe she's directly referencing me. Elizabeth says, and during that video, we saw the view count come up a couple of times. What was the number on that view count? And I said, I'm sorry I wasn't looking. I'm sorry I wasn't looking at that. Elizabeth says, what is the view count of this live video? 
and I said 4,400 views. Elizabeth says, so realistically, 4,400 people in the world have seen this video. And I said, at that time, yes. And I believe that number has grown. Elizabeth says, and can you tell me what the time is at the bottom referencing how long this live video was? And I said, 64 minutes and 51 seconds. Elizabeth says, now after this live video on August the 20th of 2021, did you ask the defendant to stop making these untrue statements about you? And I said, yes, through retraction letters. Elizabeth says, and to your knowledge, did she stop? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, and after this August 20th of 2021 video, had she made other posts about you? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and had she made these, how often would she make these posts about you after this live video on August 20th of 2021? And I said, often. Again, frequently, every day, every other day, often. Elizabeth says, and then after this video, were there any other live videos put up by the defendant? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, turning the court and counsel's attention to what has previously been admitted as Exhibit 7, a post that was made on August 24th of 2021, another live video made by the defendant. Elizabeth then says, before we start playing it, can you tell me what the view count was on this video? And I said, it says 91. Elizabeth said, and does that mean there were 91 people viewing this video at this time? And I said, yes. It deprives me of what brings me joy every day. It deprives me, and I don't want to deprive me at all. Um, I have to tell you, if God has ever shown up in my life, it is right now. It is when I wake up, there's at least a fifth of my sales already registered. People in my life, I needed the reassurance that I would be able to step away, handle this, focus on that craziness, and like, putting together these awful things. I mean, it is horrible to read these horrible things about yourself that you know the thing they're talking about, they are writing, and they are the ones who guided you to make that decision. So that I've cut off people, I have taken different opportunities, I've bought stuff I shouldn't, I've gone places I shouldn't, I've done things I shouldn't, all at their behest. And I know that's not illegal. It's not illegal to guide people on the wrong path. Kind of. So until you find someone who finds out what part is, and then it just makes your life all the better. Then Elizabeth says, how do you know that this statement was about you? And I said, this is the same narrative. Can you remind me of the date of this video again? Elizabeth says, yes, it was made on August 24th of 2021. And I said, yeah, the same narrative of what's been said before, guiding her to make decisions. These are all statements that she has made before. Elizabeth says, and this is the second live video the defendant had made in four days about you. And I said, that is correct. Elizabeth said, and between August 20th of 2021 and August 24th of 2021, were there other posts that the defendant had made with these same statements in them? And I said, I believe so. Yes. Elizabeth says, and then another video from the same live on August 24th of 2021. I would be able to show you my text messages that she said that, but the text messages were deleted from my phone some miraculous way. I don't know how. Anyways, girl, I know. Telling all the things. Can't wait. Listen, every time you send a letter, it costs you money, sister, not me. So, God, I used to be so scared. Don't get it twisted. I don't get scared. I don't, I'm not completely out of the woods as far as being scared. And I'll give you this little bit of power. It's gross, though, the fact that this is it. It does scare me at night because my house windows are glass. That's the only thing. That's not an excuse to move out of my house. I'm not moving unless somebody offers me like $4 million. Like, no. But you can go write about it all you want. You haven't talked in a couple of days. So I'm sure this, I mean, I don't know. I did two great videos the last couple of days and you had nothing to say, which is even more telling. Oh, my God. 
Elizabeth says, now in this video, how do you know that she's referencing you? And I said, it's the same video where she referenced me earlier. And she's saying that she's made live videos in the last few days about it. Elizabeth says, and can you tell the members of the jury what the view count now is on this live? And I said, 111. Elizabeth says, in the final video from this live on August 24th of 2021. Also, who only says their initials? How are you going to be talking about Crystal and, and, and I mean, not, what's her name? Uh, and, and uh, all those other people, but otherwise it's just H and C. Just when did trolls become kind? Like they became selective over who they talk about. Listen, I know, I know, known them girls for seven, one of them for seven years. Since. If you're going to be nice, then that ain't the one you're going to be nice about. But anyways, it's okay. You're so dumb. Okay, so that's an opinion, but maybe a fact. I don't know. Okay, so uh, I decided I'm going to put my um, all my videos over there. And then that way, whenever I get on and I tell you all about all the fun things happening every day, like I'm not going to talk about that situation because I'm not going to give her life. I don't care. Like you're a disappointment. There's no, all that brain packed in there. And then this is what we do with it. Elizabeth says, and again, how did you know this statement was about you? And I said, it's the same narrative. The people in her life saying these things under multiple usernames. Elizabeth says, and in terms of this live video, was it the same length of time or around the same length of time that her typical live videos would be? And I said, I believe so. Yes. Elizabeth says, and after this live video on August 24th of 2021, did you ask the defendant to stop making these statements about you? And I said, yes, with retraction letters, multiple. Elizabeth says, and from November 13th of 2020 to this post, August 24th of 2021, were any of the statements that the defendant made about you true? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, and at any point between November 13th of 2021 and August 24th of 2021, did you ever respond to the defendant on Facebook? And I said, from November 2020 to this time, August 2021, I've never responded even to this day on social media. Elizabeth says, and between November 13th of 2020 and August 24th of 2021, had you ever responded to the defendant or any of the statements that she had made on Instagram? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, at any point, had you contacted the defendant to tell her to stop besides the retraction letters that we had sent? And I said, no, no. Elizabeth says, and why is that? And I said, I felt like I would just be attacked further. And that if sending someone or filing a lawsuit against someone to tell them to stop doing this, sending multiple retraction letters to tell them, please stop doing this, retract these statements, they are false, is not going to get her to stop. Me contacting her, in my opinion, is also not going to get her to stop. Elizabeth says, and at any point, has the defendant reached out to you to speak about these statements that she has made? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, now, during the time that these statements began and subsequently continued, how did your life change during that time? And I said, well, again, I shut down all of my social media. I changed how often I went in public. After I finally did start going in public, we stopped letting our son walk the 0.3 miles to school because it is directly across the street from her warehouse and I feared for him. Everywhere I go to this day, even this morning, I look around and see if I recognize the clothing of any of the women are wearing. It took me a long time to attempt to go back into the workplace and still be fearful that someone there has heard all of this and it will impact me. You know, we added cameras to our security. It affects everything. This is my real life. 
It affects every part of me. I had to modify my dosage of my blood pressure medicine. I have to take two pills for anxiety. That's a lot. Elizabeth says, and I know you mentioned that you would look at the clothes that women around you were wearing. Why would you do that? And I said, because that would let me know if they shopped there. And I have seen women just last week at my son's school wearing shoes that I know are from her store because I own them too. I've seen people at church and I'm just terrified that they will recognize me and attack me, not physically necessarily in public at church, but just it's very, very hard to feel safe. Elizabeth says, and why did you believe that the defendant's followers could attack you in public or online? And I said, because as evidenced in these live videos that we've just seen, you can see their comments in support of her. And the other ones, there's a lot of people that follow the defendant and comment in support of her and have threatened me physically, threatened my family, threatened my home. Elizabeth says, and I know in some of the posts we saw that she had tagged members of your church. Typically on these posts that she would make, how many people roughly would she tag in those posts? And I said, it varied. I said earlier, I think some of the early ones she would tag up to 98 people people. She tagged people from my church, people from my hometown that I had kind of recruited to shop with her because I supported her business and would make posts wearing her clothing and tag her store. And so my friends and people that I knew followed her and shopped from her. She tagged some of those people. She tagged her own church. And then I listed the church. They have a lot of members. She would just tag a lot of people to expand the reach. Elizabeth says, and the people that she typically tagged, were they people that you know personally? And I said, sometimes, a lot of times, yes. Elizabeth, Elizabeth said, were they people that you knew from your personal life? I guess activities or hobbies that you had. And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and so this reach that she had wasn't just on social media. And I said, no. One person that she tagged went to school with my son and was in choir with him. Again, there was also someone from my hometown. Yeah, she just tagged the one from my hometown. Yeah, and my church and my community. And Elizabeth said, and in terms of a small town, did you know the same people that the defendant knew in and I said, I would say, yes, I know a lot of the same people that know her. Elizabeth said, and so these people as well, are they people that you saw commenting on the live videos? And I said, yes, some yes. And at this point, the judge says, all right, we're going to break for the day. We're going to start up again at 9 a.m. in the morning. So if y'all could be in the jury room a few minutes, say about 10 till 9, that would be great. And we will start at 9. We are in recess and off the record. Thank you. And then this was at 5.04 p.m. So at this point, the trial for day one is over. I do want to point out that we did have a couple of breaks. And during those breaks, I would go along with my husband, my mom, my daughter, my mom's best friend. We would go in the conference room with Sarah and Elizabeth and meet with them. And noticeably, the defendant would not meet with her attorneys, which I did think was odd. My daughter did say that she did see her in the restroom during one of the breaks, obviously did not say anything to her, but she was not meeting with her attorneys, which I thought was interesting because in the middle of a trial, one would think that you would want to meet with them, particularly because I was being questioned. So if she had any comments about that, that would have been her opportunity to talk to her attorneys about what I had said. In any case, day one of the trial is over. And at the beginning of this day, I went into this courtroom not even knowing if we were going to have a trial that day. And by the time I found out that we were going to have a trial, I had seconds to prepare before we started with selecting the jury and then me being on the stand. And so as nerve wracking as that was to have that be such a sudden event that happened, I was so relieved that we were finally, finally in trial. And I went home that evening and got ready for day two. Next time on False and Defamatory.
So the judge has clearly stated that nobody is to talk about this case at all in any way, shape or form. And he actually specifically said, do not post about this on social media. Unsurprisingly, the defendant posted because she has made it very clear that she does not respect the law. She does not respect the legal process. And she has made a mockery of this entire process up until this point. So why would she not continue to do that? Elizabeth says, and after these statements were made about how many retraction letters were sent in this case, and I said eight retraction letters were sent. I would just like to point out that the time frame of this letter was roughly two months. In two months, there were 25 separate posts with 173 specific defamatory statements. In February of 2022, you were asked if you had reviewed the eight retraction letters and you said yes. Defendant, I don't think I said yes, or I don't know if I said yes or not, but I didn't review them. And in doing so, on hundreds of occasions, you would reference my client either by name or by narrative or situation. Is that true? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, incorrect. And so when my client would send you these retraction letters asking you to take down these various posts, you disagree that you were talking about my client? Defendant, I absolutely disagree. Whether I use your first name, your last name, a pseudonym, any of those things that don't change the person that it is. Sarah, the videos that were shown yesterday, you were talking about my client in those videos, weren't you? Defendant, some were not about her at all. Sarah, uh-huh, but they were. Defendant, but they were not. And I'm just going to pause here that repeatedly she would say, send me another letter or you're suing me for a million dollars. And in one, she actually had my name on the screen. So, and this is just my opinion, but at this point, she's just insulting the jury because everyone saw what they saw. And she is here trying to testify under oath on a witness stand in court, in front of a judge, jury, gallery, attorneys, that what we saw was not what we saw. And that post was embedded on your work website. Defendant, no. Embedded on my work website? How do you do that? Sarah, you've never linked that to your website. Defendant, no. I'm going to pause here. She is referring to the video finding me again. And the defendant did, in fact, embed that video into her website. But here under oath, she is saying that she has never done that and is acting like she wouldn't even know how to. She said, how do you do that? You wanted to impeach her integrity, didn't you? Defendant, no. Why would I do that if I didn't honestly think that she was behind all of this? Why would I ruin a relationship? Her kid is in my will. Sarah, you went on that particular site in an effort to injure her reputation. Defendant, no, I went to share the truth. I wouldn't, I've never done that in my life. I am known for not talking bad about people on the internet. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media, as well as my blog, can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. 
Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.